this last weekend because I was participating in Beast Village and I was entirely too fucked up to even really bother with doing much of anything outside of where I was. And I had a great time. If anybody was out there that hit up Beast Village, thank you for coming out. Uh, if you didn't manage to get out there, you missed out. I highly recommend hitting it up next year, any of our listeners. It's extremely brilliant time. Uh, lots of fun comedians. And on the subject of fun comedians, we have a returning favorite to the Grove, Mr. Jeff Lynch. Yo, yo, I'm back. Oh, shit. I'm so excited that we get kind of another part two. Because I know that we wanted to do a part two. Yeah. Because we didn't get to fully like finish what we were talking about, even though we ran like I think we did like two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, I think we did about... I think it was an hour and 58 minutes. And then oh, we just yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like a long fucking time. Right. So it was really like funny that we didn't get to talk about all we want to. So now we're back to talk about even more weird shit. Yeah, and I want to keep it weird. It got a little got a little real last time. I want to keep yeah. it in the weird realm. Hell yeah. And no, that's, yeah, that's kind of a weird symptom of the Grove. Yeah. I get, like, I accidentally am very good <laughs> at making people open up. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a natural talent I have. But, uh, no, I, like, I am excited to get back into the weird. I know that we were talking at work about, uh, oh, fuck, it was the Australian. Oh, the Min Min Lights? Yes. Oh, yeah. Min Min Lights, I think, are interesting. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> so, it's just Aboriginal people talk, telling stories about seeing lights in the sky. It's very similar to what people talk about in America, where they see, um, where they see those uh, UFOs that they see. They're like, oh, I saw a light flying flying around or dancing around in the sky. Um, as an aside, uh, we'll put a pin in the Min Min Light thing. So last time I was here, you talked about you seeing that um, space battle. Yeah. So I was listening to this astrophysicist talk, and he was talking about uh, that same kind of situation that you were talking about, how you saw a quote-unquote space battle in the sky. And this guy was saying that when they first discovered like superno- supernovae and uh, like hypernovas, they people would report that they thought that they were seeing um space battles and the scientists like scientists that were just newly exposed to that kind of uh cosmic phenomenon were saying that uh i think there might be a battle in the sky they were calling these like uh events (laughs) they're calling these events like green men then code words for it but it's just uh that's the strange nature of supernova because in pulsars and stuff like that so all these crazy uh, crazy astro- astronomical phenomena that happen in like the aftermath of a fucking exploding star or all that crazy stuff. I, I can't, I'm not smart enough to talk to specifics of it, but you know what I mean? Uh, so these, they discover these supernovae and uh, they're like, yeah, this is like nothing we've seen before ever. And it seems to be that there's a space battle going on. Whoa. And, but they discover, they discover this in the gamma ray, the gamma wave uh, spectrum. So, way higher frequency than what we could see. However, I thought it was interesting to hear that same story that they thought they were seeing space battles, but you saw it with, in the, in the visual light spectrum. However, That's fucking cool. Gamma. Yeah. Well, Look no, cause, it, it, cause again, I'm not necessarily one of those people that it's like, if I see something weird, it is the weird thing. Right. But seeing like that, cause like I saw what I saw, uh-huh. but like, it's like, if there is a rational explanation for it, that's also fucking cool. Yeah. That's really exciting to me. Cause I'm like, that like, it almost like, further validates that i saw something like that because yeah. you tell somebody like i saw a fucking space battle they're like you're fucking lying you <laughs> see any shit like that and then somebody like you is like oh no there's a scientific space phenomenon that it, like almost exactly kind of justifies what you saw like that to me is just like cool like i did see something yeah and, it, and what i think is interesting is that it also confounded literal geniuses that's so, so they cool. saw it and they're like i don't know what the fuck i'm seeing and then obviously they figured out the models and they're like oh yeah no this is just something new that we're gonna call supernova or a hypernova, I think, is what they call it. That's so fucking cool. But yeah, uh, so that that's what I wanted to talk about in the very, very beginning, because I re-listened to the podcast previously, and then when you talked about that, 
I was like, oh, I feel like I just I remember hearing about this separately that I didn't think of when we talked before. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, one. Oh, yeah. Something I thought about in terms of thinking it's a space battle and uh, something I read a lot. I like to read a lot of scholarly articles and stuff like that. I don't read books, but I like to read like articles and shit. Um, But uh, a lot of times when they're talking about behavior and assigning behavior to things that we don't really know or just like inanimate objects like plants and like things like the space battle thing. They oh, I think I saw, I'm seeing a space battle. I think these are aliens. I think one thing that people tend to do is anthropomorphize things that are not human. So like anthropomorphization, you know, like like assigning human characteristics to something. So I think it's, I think it's an interesting, like, I don't know if it's a logical fallacy, but it's definitely like a a fallacious way of thinking about what's making that noise. Hmm? Oh, you're hearing noise. Yeah. I don't know if it is. Uh, Hold on. Let me hear something like vibrate. For sure. Let me put my headphones on. Keep uh, talking, and I'll see what's okay. going on here. But yeah, I think it's interesting how uh, one, one, like uh, just a layman observer, uh, like you or I, could see something like what you what you saw and anthropomorphize that into a space battle. But then somebody that's like literally a fucking genius that is an astrophysicist that stares at the sky, stares at the sky every day. And assigns value to that scientifically, they could also have that false anthropomorphization of the events because they don't know what the fuck they're seeing. For sure. Uh, so with yeah. the vibrating, are you hearing just kind of like a crackle in your voice, or it, no, no, no? It sounds like there's a cord bouncing up again, oh, against something. And it might be me. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What, uh, there it is again. Let's see. Hold on. I'll. It could be like it might be my chair. I don't know. I don't know. Uh. Fucking all this. Maybe it's, on here. maybe it's mine. Maybe I had this too close to my chair and I'm vibrating. I don't know. Well, I don't hear it right now, so I think it might maybe was me. All right, we'll see what's up. Fuck it, we're back. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, I just I was wondering if it was possibly just like my headphones being shitty because these are. No, that was definitely that was definitely outside interference. I think it might have been. That might have been my fault. The in, that's my, that was my fault the entire time. I had the Big mic mean. up against the chair, and I think I was bouncing my leg. Yeah, I was bouncing yeah. my leg. It was making that noise. All right, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, you know, podcasts usually start off like a little slower, so let's get into the meat of it, anyways. Fuck but yeah. yeah, the Minmen stuff. Um, yeah, I looked into it even farther. I told you like, oh, look into Minmen lights are interesting, and as I looked farther into them, it sounds like it's kind of bullshit. It's just like phenomena that people cannot substantiate people like these aboriginal people are like oh i saw lights in the sky but it's the same kind of thing as back in like the what was that i think 50s when the sr-71 was being developed maybe before yeah sr-71 uh was being developed and test flown okay Uh, you know uh, the stealth fighter the stealth uh, bomber people would be reporting that as as ufo constantly and also on uh, one of the more recent joe rogan podcasts they had that guy talking about his ufo experience seeing that crazy ufo that nobody's really either explained or uh, taken credit for, i.e. the United States government hasn't taken credit for whatever the fuck they're seeing floating around in the ocean, you know, or not floating around, flying around over the ocean. Um, But he was saying that he would simulate UFO activity by putting his flares out and his fighter jet and go over like really rural areas and then popping off light or like turning his lights on because with those jets, they have lights that they turn on and obviously they can turn them off, but they turn them on when they're flying either over domestic airspace uh, or when they're going to go into land or, you know, but when they're in combat or I'm guessing like if they're just flying over the middle of fucking nowhere with no other planes around, they can have them off. So what he was saying is he'd like pull some really hygiene maneuvers and like make it seem like it was a light that was moving impossibly like through the sky. However, from the person on the ground's frame of reference, it looked like he moved in a 90 degree angle, but he just moved orthogonally to himself 
out to their over their shoulder let's say and it looked like it moved at a right angle but he moved to the sky in 3d space and he he was saying like he's like yeah and i guess it's like part of why his justification be like yeah i know what ufo phenomenon looks like when it's bullshit and he's like what i saw was not a a bullshit ufo whatever but we don't need to talk about that um but uh these aboriginal people the minmin lights is probably what it was it was probably the australian air force or whoever maybe they're doing exercises out over the desert in australia and uh, these people are falsely identifying these lights minmin lights as ufos when they're actually just accounted for aircraft i think but anyways the thing about that is that I shouldn't say anyways, but uh, the thing about that is that who knows if there could have been, there could have been, maybe most of them were aircraft that were uh, flown by people. Maybe some of them were fucking UFOs that are from who knows where. Because I think that's a part about this, uh, um, the UFO discussion is that who's to say that every single thing is is explainable. Exactly. Because I don't know how to explain what the fuck is coming out in the news in the last couple of years about these uh, little hill like tic-tac drones that they're seeing flying over the ocean that these legit military personnel are seeing yeah it's nuts oh yeah i don't have no idea how to explain it because they're moving impossibly they're moving so fast there's no and they're, they're they're cold on the infrared feed when they should be hot which i've i worked with in the uav community for a long time and i know exactly what things should look like when they're moving through space uh when you're moving through space you the air heats up around the front of the aircraft if it's moving. This didn't happen with those UFOs that they show, they're showing on these uh, little clips from like Navy and stuff that you'll see online. I am actually, I'm absolutely perplexed as to what that could be. And I think we talked about it before where it, I don't think that there's organic life in those things. It has to be a drone or, or it's definitely clandestine operations where yeah. we have something that we're not telling anybody just like the SR 71, because that was future tech way future tech back then. Well, like if you, it's so weird that uh, it's such a, common social point that like you're like ufos are like mm-hmm. they've existed about as long as we've had aircraft i feel like which yeah. is i mean obviously you know the fact that we started seeing ufos about the same time like but i mean given there has been also like before really planes were around i'm sure that like people had stories of seeing stuff flying around in the sky but have you seen the have you seen the paintings from like the 15th century that show uh things in the sky and people like looking up at it there's like some really really famous painting of a woman in the foreground and in the background, or maybe it's Jesus or something. I don't know. But uh, there's a guy, a silhouette of a guy looking up and pointing. And then there's like, look to be spacecraft in the sky oh, behind him. Yeah. It's pretty trippy, man. I'm sure if you look that up, like 15th century painting spacecraft or something, shit like that. Um, I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So they're from my understanding, unless it's just flights of fancy, it's just people having really amazing imaginations, which that topic I want to go back to a little bit later about having an amazing imagination. Um, But people's imaginations are pretty impressive. So like uh, who's to know, who's to say that they didn't just make up the the possibility that people could be flying around in, in craft back, back in the 1400s. It's kind of the same thing as like uh, when you look at like the Egyptian hieroglyphics. Yes. And there's like pictures of people in like spacesuits or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same thing as like, is that something that they saw Mm -hmm. or is it just, you know, people have always been creative. Exactly. I think that's a, I think that's a really interesting perspective about this because people like on the History Channel that fucking maniac guy with the crazy hair that ancient oh, yeah. aliens do is just like it has to be aliens. It's like shit. All right. How about uh, how about maybe not? <laughs> exactly. But I mean, from his perspective, also like he's making money. Well, it, making money, but all, and also like ambiguity makes no money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, being like, oh, maybe it's aliens. People are like. Yeah, that's not really interesting. But like a dude that's like, for sure it's aliens. Or like, all right, I'll watch the shit out of this guy. Like, yeah, there's entertainment or, value yeah. in it. Yeah, that's, it's the same with like, 
that's why skeptics and full like true believers are the ones that like get you know pressed because like the skeptics are like it's impossible that it could be anything that isn't yeah. you know fully explainable and then the skeptics are like nothing could be explained or like not the skeptics they're like full believers like nothing can be explained like we don't know jack shit like it's for sure whatever the thing it's a i don't know it's it's i hate being amb- uh, ambiguous mm-hmm. but like sometimes you have to be yeah because there's like just being pragmatic yeah it's like do i attribute the same uh like level of skepticism to you know ghosts which you know death is an extremely real part of life and like human energy i guess i i i definitely believe that like there's some kind of energy mm-hmm. like i think that it's it's such a and maybe it's just like a common belief such a common belief that like energy just feels real because yeah. it's like it's a thing but like do I attribute the same kind of skepticism to ghosts, which feel very possibly real hmm. based on like how little we understand to, do I attribute the same kind of belief to that as I do the fucking, uh, the Parkland frog man. What the fuck is that? This is my new favorite cryptid. <laughs> uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's Parkland. I'm not entirely sure where. Cause like, again, I do no research and this is just something <laughs> that came up. Yeah. Uh, but headline guy, the Parkland <laughs> frog man is these two guys saw something that they described as a giant bipedal frog man. Oh, I think I've I've heard whispers of this. Yeah, and like okay. it's I mean cryptids being such a popular tourist thing, like it's hard to be like it's you know, is it a frog man or is it a tourist <laughs> thing cuz either way, I think it's fun. It's the same reason that I love Mothman. Yeah. It's just, like Mothman is one of my is I mean, he's like, you know, everyone knows fucking Mothman. You no, know? I don't know Mothman. You don't fucking know Mothman? No, man. You've never watched the Mothman prophecies? Uh-uh. Oh, dude. <laughs> shit. All right. If you don't mind, I'll go into my Mothman shit. Get after it. Yeah. Dude, I don't think we've talked about Mothman on this podcast too much. But, uh, fucking A. So, in Point Pleasant, Pennsylvania, uh, and this is, like, all documented, uh, people started reporting uh, really weird like reports of this giant creature with glowing red eyes that was going all around the city and like different people would call in and like all report like this weird thing and, and no one and everyone just like kind of assumed it's probably some kind of animal or something like that and uh one of the explanations is there's some kind of crane that's about the same mm. it's a there's a big crane it's got a giant wingspan stands about four feet tall and that's what these people were reporting seeing but cranes have tiny heads yeah so yeah. it's and uh, well, that's the other thing too. Is like it looks like a moth man because there's no head. Uh, they see a bipedal thing with giant wings in the shape of a man, kind of. Ah, uh, okay, I yeah. could see that explanation being true. Okay, but sorry the to weird off. thing is like the reflective red eyes that everybody was seeing mm. with that same creature. Because you look at this bird, there's nothing reflective on it, and there's nothing red on it. Hmm. So like that's where people are like, no, I for sure saw reflective red eyes. And I mean, it could have been that you know the crane had its head low. And mm-hmm. it was seeing like the glint of the eyes. But Maybe it had some garbage on it. Yeah, or something. like, but there was people were all reporting this individually of one another. At the same time, there was this really weird thing that like makes it extremely like bizarre. Uh, there was this guy injured cold that would kind of, that was reported to be kind of like bumbling around the area, and that's why there's also a uh, men in black implications with this whole thing. Huh. Is because there was this guy injured cold who didn't. He was, like, bumbling around town and would call people on the phone and just say, like, really weird stuff and ask people, like, really weird questions. And his name was also Injured Cold. Like, what a fucking... Weird... <laughs> was this guy from the future? Yeah, but, like, he, he didn't, like... He looked like somebody, like, acting as what he thought a human acted like. Hmm. Like, he didn't seem very, like... What, do you think he made up his own name? Yeah, like, it, it seems like he, like... 
was pretending to be some kind of human. Okay. Around and like all of this is happening at the exact same time. Oh. And uh, I think I'm not. I didn't. I haven't really looked too far into it. But like, there's mm-hmm. also I think there are reports of like weird cars in the area and like the whole injured cold thing being part of like the Men in Black is like a subsection that I haven't done too much research into because like the Men in Black are one of those that just isn't like. I like weird stuff. Like the Men in Black is like a secret government organization, and I'm like, that's cool. Like maybe, yeah. But like, I like the monster stuff. I like the you know, werewolves and fucking Mothman and shit. And so, Chupacabra stuff. Yeah, yeah. So all of this accumulates, and like, so there's these weird sightings. There's this Mothman thing, and then I don't remember the exact day, but it was around Christmas time. Uh, they Point Pleasant had this bridge, and a shit ton of people are crossing over this bridge, and for one reason or another, traffic is backed up on this bridge. And it fucking collapses. And it kills a shit ton of people. Damn. And no one reports Mothman in that area, like, after that happens. And then, since then, people have started reporting seeing Mothman when major, like, cal- like calamities are about to happen. So, like, people have reported seeing it uh, before 9-11. Get the fuck out of here. Swear to God, dude. People report it? Like, take pictures? Dude, yeah, dude, dude. People have pictures. And there's, like, doc- like, people would say, like, I called the police. And there's, like, police records are saying, like, people saw this happening like before fucking 9-11 and like before like major catastrophes people are saying like they would report mothman and then he wouldn't be in the area so now he's seen as like this huh. omen of bad tidings so it's like is he causing it or is he like a warning sign and that's why i love mothman is he's like this weird mysterious thing that nobody really fully understands interesting because like they don't know it's like is he bringing the doom or is he saying like hey like i'm here like if you see me like there's some whack shit about to happen yeah so that's mothman he's like some sort of fourth dimensional traveler that yeah. comes here whenever he's trying to prevent the future prevent prevent anything from happening however how i see the space-time continuing continuum happening is that you if you can see the past you can't change what happens between yourself and the past that exactly. happens. I think that that... It just changes how it happens. And maybe this is a traveler that is trying to do so, but can't. And that's what's crazy, too, is, like, the injured cold thing. It's yeah. like, they say that he, you know, he looked human, but he would, like, ask really weird questions. What was the questions? That, what were the questions? Uh, I'd have to Google it up, but, like, it's... That, like, he just... He seemed, like, just off. Like, he didn't seem like a normal person. It's like, how many ears do you have? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure like, out what humans look like. Well, like... And also, uh, he like people. He would call people on the phone like randomly and be like, "I'm injured, cold," but his voice would sound all fucked up. Hmm. Like, maybe he wasn't necessarily even calling. The, like, it could have been like some sort of situation of like he was calling these people from the future, and that's why he sounded so fucked up. Fucking a. Because like, I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's really strange. and they made a movie out of it, the Mothman prophecies. Okay, I'll t- I'll look into that. I'll, yeah, and, I'll check that out. Yeah, now he's like a mascot for that town, and that's what. <laughs> Yeah, it's which is bizarre. What, like their basketball team. Yeah. Some guy dresses up like a Mothman. I think they. It might honestly be like the fucking like you know the Point Pleasant Mothman or something. Like that. like, <laughs> that's their basketball team. Like they straight up have really like an attachment to it, and that's why I'm wondering if this Parkland Frogman is kind of like hmm. the same thing. And I don't. I I I think cryptids are extremely fun. Yeah, that's something that I've always like because it's again, I as I said before multiple times on this podcast and even around you, uh, I like if. I live in a world where it's more fun when these things are real. Right. Yeah, and I can I can definitely see that. I I take this kind of scenario as a misinterpretation of reality, and your eyes literally tricking you. Like yep. you are accepting what you're seeing, but you are extrapolating on 
Uh, you're you're. It's just like the polyanthropomorph the no the anthropomorph anthropomorphization of events, assigning character and assigning value to those that don't actually exist. I feel like this could be something similar to that because for years growing up, people talked about the chupacabra in uh, Mexico and like southern yep. United States and stuff. But didn't didn't the chupacabra get blown up like? Uh, people realize that it was like coyotes with gout or something like that. Well, what's really strange, I mean, the sightings were definitely like, the sightings are definitely usually, they don't act, it's not actually a quote unquote chupacabra. What's mm-hmm. weird about it is there was a string of events where animals were being found completely intact but drained of blood, mm, which okay. is a strange, like, just that's a very strange phenomenon. Of course, yeah. So, like, and if there is an animal that just siphons blood, mm-hmm. then that's an animal we don't know about. Yeah, because it's not like the vampire bat does that. It doesn't yeah. suck the blood out of it. Just, it just bites a little patch off of like a yeah. cow's neck and then eats a little bit and leaves. And, and like any animal that eats other animals usually eats part, like the whole fucking animal or like yeah. parts of it. like Or the it, organs or whatever yeah. they need. Yeah. Like it eats the meat of some kind. Mm-hmm. So when they would find these animals completely drained of blood but fully intact, they're like, what the fuck is this? And the fact that it was happening in such a specific area of, mm-hmm. like, southern Texas and Mexico and whatnot, like, the jupacabra literally translates to goat sucker because people yeah. were finding their goats without any blood, which you find your fucking animals without blood. You're like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. So that's where the, like, myth came from. And then people finding them and being like, oh, it was actually this. It's because there's not really, like... Mm-hmm. People are just like we don't know what the fuck's going on, and of course, when weird shit like that happens, they're like, "Oh, it's the it's a beast." Yeah, but after after the uh, the crop circle conspiracy came out, where what? Oh, there's a fly fucking oh. around your drink. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> Matt. Um, but after the crop circle conspiracy came to light, where it was just a bunch of people just uh, bending over crop. Uh, yeah, with corn. Our cardboard shoes. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Uh, what else is what else can be torn down with the same human conspiracy where it's just some weirdo some troll that just wants to fuck with people oh yeah and it's like the what the patterson tapes of bigfoot like clearly yeah. faked footage 100 like the ultimate like bigfoot like evidence yeah exactly like clearly faked footage they have what they have like receipts from him buying the yeah like, buying the freaking suit and stuff and like dropping just ridiculous amounts of money on this video camera like yeah. clearly about to film a fucking it's so ridiculous but people are like well you have to consider like as joe because uh, joe Rogan was like uh-huh. obsessed with bigfoot uh right this whole thing was like you have to consider that he went out there to make a hoax but really they did catch bigfoot <laughs> yeah it's like okay bad. how fucking crazy would that be <laughs> like like imagine like as he says imagine the mind fuck yeah exactly <laughs> fully going out to be like oh we're gonna film a hoax and then you find fucking bigfoot you're like <laughs> Oh shit! No hey, one's gonna believe me now. Yeah, hey Matt, you want to get the you want to get a, fu- a fake flying saucer and then go th- throw it like a frisbee and pretend like make a fake UFO video and then we see a fucking mothership come down. That has to be a really funny sketch. Yeah, like somebody's like, all right, let's make this fucking fake video, and then just an actual UFO thing happens. They're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> There's like physical evidence, like it like literally shoots your fucking arm off yeah. or something. <laughs> And people are like, this is fake. Yeah, bullshit, dude, whatever. You bought that camera like a week ago. We heard you talk on the podcast. You guys were going to fake it. Oh, yeah. That's the worst part about being like into all this shit. It's like the minute that you come up with evidence, people are like, you're so biased. Yeah. Like, this is definitely not this. <laughs> well, that that it's usually how it works, though. Like, if you are, I mean, those people that are hunting Bigfoot and they want Bigfoot to exist so badly. They take any single piece of evidence and then 
assign value to it. They, they go, this is Bigfoot. So a perfect example of that, I think in like 1967 or something like that, this guy found, said that he claimed he saw Bigfoot walking through the woods in Northern Oregon or some shit like that. And maybe he was Maine. I don't, doesn't really matter. He's in the woods. And he had this hair and he sent it to the FBI. He's like, this is Bigfoot's hair. I found it. I saw Bigfoot and then uh, found this tuft of hair. And it, <laughs> he initially, he didn't say how high off the ground it was. <laughs> So he was like, okay, yeah, I, I found this sent to the FBI just like two, three years ago or something like that. Just recently, the FBI came back and they're like, after extensive uh, analysis, because they're, they're like, we just need to squash this. Like, I'm assuming people at the FBI were like, we just need to fucking just tell, like, do we just need to look at it and be like, hey, guys, this is not real. <laughs> Finally, let's have, let's just acknowledge this so that people aren't saying the FBI has been avoiding the question of Bigfoot because it could be real, you know? They know they know it's real, but they're hiding it. Yeah, and then more conspiratorial people will be like, "Well, they said it wasn't Bigfoot because there actually is Bigfoot. They're just trying to hide it from you." <laughs> but so the FBI came back and they're like, "Yeah, hey, you know that Bigfoot hair you sent us like forty years ago?" And he's like, "Yeah, what what about it?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's fucking deer hair." And then they're like, oh, and by the way, uh, in their non-public test like statement about this, that like they pretty much released like extra additional information about it. They're like, "Yeah, this hair was found." Three to five feet off the ground, you said. Just so happened, that's how that's how tall a fucking deer is, man. <laughs> hey, pay attention to fucking wildlife. Yeah. Hey, uh, th- yeah, because they were saying because he was saying in his initial uh, report about this, he's like, yeah, there's just no way that this could have been a different animal. And then uh, he privately told the FBI how high off the ground it was, and it's like, dude, you're a fucking hack, man. You knew this was a deer. Oh, dude, fucking deer can be tricky, though. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever went deer hunting, I got cucked so hard because we I was, uh, so my, like, my dad's a big deer hunter. Yeah. And uh, so he, you know, took me deer hunting or whatever. And uh, he knows a guy who owns, like, a large expanse of land. And we were out, you know, hunting. And all of a sudden we start hearing these, like, crashing noises. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, first time I go deer hunting, here comes this fucking deer. Yeah. And, like, we're, we're both, like, just so quiet, like, waiting for this. And then... Like it's, it, it's getting guy. closer and closer. It's a fucking cow. What? A random like cow. A, like a moo cow. Yeah. Oh, fucking, not like a cow no, no, no. deer. A, a, like a dairy cow. <laughs> not. I don't think it was a dairy cow, but like just a fucking cow starts yeah. like Trump, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I was so ready to like get this deer, and then just this fucking cow just like pops out, and we're like, God damn it! Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting how that works? Where a lot of those unknowns, where you don't have all the information, it's like. It's very high chance that you're mischaracterizing the evidence. Yep. And that happens all the time. However, I guess this podcast isn't about that. It's to ignore that idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's like, it's again, I definitely am on the team of like, most things can be explained away. I just yeah. don't want to. Right. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's like when you're a kid and you find out Santa isn't real, like it's uh-huh. heartbreaking. So like if somebody's like conclusively, there's no Bigfoot, I'd be like, well, this is sad. Yeah. But it's like, fun to think about it. it's so much more fun to be like, well, they haven't disproved Bigfoot <laughs> yet. Like th- just because they haven't proved he's real doesn't mean he's not. Like that's where I'm like into my heart. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, and again, I'm not even like a big Bigfoot guy. It's just, it's so much more fun to me to be like, yeah, of course, Bigfoot, werewolves, ghosts, like all it. It's so much more fun, but then also like I love seeing a, like a skeptic's position because then I'm like, all right, how do I argue now? Like, yeah. What like what do I like what do I need to beat to beat that logic? Right. Like, yeah, I think like with those those kind of theories, you just have to be speaking within reason and 
it's all subjectivity when nobody yes. knows you just have to you just have to <laughs> abide by the laws of nature that actually exist right now because when people say like oh i saw a ufo or whatever kind of like with the your space battle thing and i th- and i'm i'd have to do additional research into this but i'm pretty sure like when you were saying like it wasn't twinkling like a star that's a really good chance that uh it was either like extremely fucking far away pops probably like some sort of cosmic explosion or something like that yeah. or it was something happening in our atmosphere uh, cause, cause like those stars that we see twinkle because of atmospheric yeah. attenuation. Well, it's kind of like, uh, have you heard of ball lightning? Yeah. Oh dude, that That's ball lightning is fucking insane. Shit. Yeah. And it's real. Mm-hmm. That's what's fucking crazy about ball lightning is right. like, you see ball lightning. You're like, that's not real. You're literally seeing a unicorn. Yeah, you're seeing like, a real unicorn. And like ball lightning is so fucking crazy that like, and it's, didn't they say it's like harmless? Cause like Kevin, like I think there have been reports of like people, like it passing, like people passing through it on like airplanes and like seeing it in the airplane, but like nothing really getting crazy fucked up. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we really know that much about ball lightning because there's, um, back in like the 1700s, because we only knew, we only learned about ball lightning what like 30 years ago. Yeah, not no, long like ball ago lightning is super brand recent. new. Yeah, it's I'm insane. sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, so they're back in like the 17 to 1800s people like they, so historical accounts say that like somebody cast a spell and exploded their chimney or something. Yeah. And now with this evidence of, or information about ball lightning, like that maybe that was a ball lightning. I don't know what you'd call it. Like incident, like where ball lightning went down into their chimney and literally fucking wow. exploded with all the energy that ball lightning has. And it's fucking crazy. Cause that ball lightning, it seems to move erratically without much intention. Right. Oh yeah. Dude, it's, but I mean, that being said, we know so little. I mean, we know I mean a lot about lightning, but we like yeah. Th- there's so like that's what's fucking crazy is as much as we know about the natural working world, mm-hmm. we know ninety five percent less of what's actually happening. Like, yes, it's like with animals. It's like we've discovered like what five percent of the species that exist on this planet or some shit like that some have re- existed. I think yeah, like we yeah. we know so little about what's actually living and or has lived. Definitely, dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you about no, no, no. I'm just saying. So, like, it's it's so funny that like we have these concrete evidence and we know so much about things, but then there's this ball of lightning, and we're like, "Fuck, we still don't really <laughs> know what's going on with this." This is literally happening all the time. We presume, or yeah, or like as ra- or like yeah. rarely, but still, like it's happening. Yeah, like, relativistically, you could say yeah. it's happening a lot. Exactly. Yeah, over the span of time, it's happened a fucking shitload of times, and it, given enough time, right? Yeah. And it's also it's. As we get old, like, no, I say older, but, like, as humanity grows uh-huh. and we learn more and more stuff about, like, ball lightning, like, it, we can we now have context for weird historical events. Like, it's the same thing with, like, uh, the whole uh, the Salem Witch Trial thing, mm-hmm. how it was very likely that they were all just tripping on LSD. Yeah. Which is, like, because we have the historical context now, of like, oh, ergot grows on rye, they eat rye bread, it was a late frost, they're eating rotten bread, yeah, they're tripping dick, they're eating fucking ergot. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> So we have this historical concept of like, okay, like obviously, you know, people were scared of witches and people are, I guess, still scared of witches. <laughs> you ever fucking talk to people who are like genuinely afraid of magic? Uh, Well, those people are from the South and my <laughs> understanding, like they're well, like Southern Baptist people. That, it's, it's the same yeah. people that are like, I don't fuck with Ouija boards. Like, <laughs> it's like come on, man. It's, but it's, it's kind of that weird, like. They're, they're not, like, spiritual people, but they have the fear of it. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't really believe it, but, like, I don't, I just don't play with it. So it's the same thing with, like, witchcraft was kind of one of those things that I think it, even at that time, people were like, it's like, Salem Witch Trials were, like, late 1700s, early mm-hmm. 1800s, because, like, what, we got, 
I don't know, maybe it was early 1700s. I know, so I'm not a history buff by any means, obviously. I don't know. I'm, I'm not either. I want to say 1747, but well, that's probably like bullshit. Like 17, <laughs> is it, was it 1766? Whatever sure. we got? No, wait, 1776? 1776 yeah. is when like, we became America. This one ratified, but we've been here. Yeah. We've been here but exactly. For a while. So, yeah. like, yeah, like probably early 1700s. Like, mm-hmm. believing in witches was like probably on the way out where people were like, fucking. Don't, <laughs> come on like witches probably aren't real like there's probably fucking dudes like i don't know i think it's i think it's just fun to think about like dudes and like just like me and you probably like early 1700s like fucking witches are real and then yeah. somebody else being like you're a fucking moron yeah, come, like come on man so th- and then but like but they also don't have drugs so when hmm. they start seeing weird shit and people are doing witchcraft, they're like, this is for real. Yeah, this is confirming that the demons have possessed me or whatever. Exactly. You know? So like that's I, I, that's why I love that's why I love the history of weird stuff. Because yeah. I because lo- again, I've, I've said before, I love storytelling. Mm-hmm. And what better storytelling than history telling stories about weird shit that went on? Because I love weird shit and I love yeah. continuing the tradition of weird shit. Sorry to go on another random no, that's cool. like thing, but that this is why I love this is why I love doing podcasts like this. Is Fuck yeah. I like I get to talk about this stuff and it, like in further I like I'm I'm an, I'm a new piece of the weird stuff. And that's 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 my mark I want to leave. Is I want to talk about the weird shit. Hell yeah. If you want to leave it at that, I really have to take a piss. Oh yeah, that. go for it. Yeah, I'll uh, let's edit or you want to yeah, you can keep going. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll talk about uh Beast Village was pretty dope, guys. I uh I went, dude. He, he did. Matt fucking killed. I I mean, I'm not yeah, going to say <laughs> I'm uh, it was it was an extremely fun time. There was a lot of dope comedians that kind of rolled through, and I got to meet a whole bunch of interesting people. I'm sorry that I don't remember. I mean, I, if I tried to say everybody's name that I met, I would you know be remiss because I would miss people. So I just want to say, uh, any of our listeners, check out the lineup that came. Th- excuse me, came through on Beast Village, and just really go follow those people. Everybody that I saw was just it was it was killer. Uh, it was a blast of a time, from what I remember. I definitely, I cut loose last weekend, which is a fu- which is a new thing for me. Like I've been, I've been trying to keep myself a little bit more grounded, a little bit more, you know, relatively sane and sober. But I just I needed to kind of cut loose and really stop holding myself accountable for certain things. So you know, I didn't drive my car. I took Ubers. You know, I I, I didn't go anywhere to eat. I ate where you know the food was, which is there's food near the festival. I really just threw myself into forced myself to live in the moment and had a lot of fun with it. So I highly recommend guys if you ever get a chance to go to a comedy festival and really just, you know, let yourself get torn up, just do it. It's a one it's a brilliant experience. You're surrounded by people who A are familiar with drunk people, who are familiar with people who are on drugs, so that if things start <laughs> to go fucking sideways uh, people at comedy festivals will 100% help you out. So 100%, a comedy festival is the best place to really not. I mean, don't get fucking you know crazy, but like let yourself let your hair down a little bit, and if things start to go sideways, you know, set yourself aside, and people will always be around to be like, hey, do you need some water? Uh, you know, hey, do you need something to eat? Like people are always, you know, people are gonna be there to help you out. Comedy festivals are the shit. Hell yeah. I came in to you saying you guys should get super fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying like uh, I went to the comedy festival and everybody was get, like really having a good time and letting their hair down and people were getting hammered because I think it's a safe like comedy festivals, especially like, you know, in in bars, not out in the streets or whatnot. Right. But, like, festivals, especially like comedy festivals, because they're not huge like music festivals, they're kind of smaller rooms and there's less people. So you're if you if you start to, you know, 
seem out of it or like really aren't feeling well mm-hmm. uh there's enough people around that like they're gonna notice and if maybe not them but like you know a group of 50 people one person in that 50 group crowd might notice you and be like hey like do you need to you know a drink of water do you need something mm-hmm. to eat like how can i help you that's why i think comedy festivals are a great place to really just they're a great place to unwind because they're a relatively safe place yeah i agree i i like the uh the party culture like i like the party culture of uh that like comedy uh scene and also like the comedy festival scene better than music festivals and concerts personally because quite frankly with with comedy you need to be more engaged yes than you do with music with music you can be out of your mind you can be gone and you can still be having a good time because mm-hmm. it's just you're vibing with it comedy if you don't know what they're saying you're not gonna be there you're just gonna you're just gonna. There's people gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that was hilarious." What the fuck? What do you mean? What just happened? Dude? I, I was staring it. at the wall. Yeah, like that's not like that's just not conducive to have to, to the point of being at a comedy show. Exactly. So when you were like with people partying like that, there's a good chance that they're probably gonna be coherent. Yes. More so than at a music festival, and that's what that's what I personally appreciate about that. Where if you're listening to the comedy, you're probably gonna. Well, you should just leave if you're not. Pay, if you yeah. can't pay attention but for the most part i think that's that's the better part in my opinion about a comedy festival or a comedy show than concerts oh, yeah. and comedy it's and also more in my opinion festivals. more communal like people yeah. are like oh i you know i i i met such good friends at this music festival and it's like yes however you met your group of friends mm-hmm. but you didn't you were never really like in tune with one thing together the right. same way that you are at a comedy festival or like watching a comedy show cuz with the comedy show, there's a dichotomy of everyone is quiet but the comedian, or at least that's how it should be. Right. Uh, so everybody's quiet except for the comedian. So everybody... When they're laughing. Yeah. yeah. Or, exactly. Like, yeah. Th- there's a there's a context and there's mm-hmm. this group think that exists. And it's mostly because a small group of, like, I say small, 300 people, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, you know, like when I went to No Sleep or whatever, like, 300 people still feels different than, like, at Lefty's then because uh, Le- lefties i think was probably i think that room probably holds about two to three hundred total but like mm. at any moment during that show maybe 100 people 150 people were watching but everybody of those 150 probably 100 were all tuned in to the same thing yeah there's a symbiotic relationship between the comedian and the audience because yeah. the audience assists the comedian with laughing with the timing the co- the comedians obviously oh yeah providing the context for what's happening at a music show I mean, unless you're like, what do you, you're at a, <laughs> what is that fucking band? that's like, they're like, ah, fuck. I can't Grateful remember. Dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're like saying like repeat after me kind of shit. Oh, like, okay. or like YMCA and like people were right, repeat right, that right, kind right, of right. shit. Yes. Like that, I guess it'll happen sometimes that like somebody did really big. Like I went to like Ed Sheeran and then also John Mayer it was kind of like a big sing along. And I think like a Jack Johnson concert would be the yeah. same thing. However, like most of like 99% of the time, you're just going to have people sitting back and listening. But even then, like yeah. there's a difference between like a call and response. That's true. Than directly influencing people. That's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Cause right. like, cause it's the same thing with like at a, at a, at a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, any sports game. I should say, I don't know why basketball was the first thing that came to mind, but uh, the wave. Is yeah, a, is a weird social phenomenon. Yeah, because you wouldn't normally think that like this because there's no communication of like I'm gonna start the wave and then there's this responsibility that you all of a sudden feel as you see the wave coming because you're like I'm not gonna be the person who stops this. So it's there's like this weird thing that even though you know you don't know and you you probably will never ever meet the person who sat across from you in this giant arena 
but mm-hmm. something that they did literally like causes you to react. Yeah. Versus at a comedy show, there's one person on stage, you're literally making eye contact with them. Maybe they're not seeing you exactly, but like uh-huh. you're directly involved with this person and you feel that connection of like, oh, when he's saying something and it makes me laugh, like I should laugh because mm-hmm. like it's A, funny, B, I have this connection and C, like the same situation of like if I don't laugh, I'm an asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I feel like there's plenty of times where like I'll be listening to somebody and, and uh, want either one or maybe I won't laugh because it's not funny. Oh, yeah. Or it's just like this isn't – I mean that made, me, that made me laugh on the inside, but it didn't make me laugh out on the outside. However uh, – there, I, yeah, I, th- I get what you're saying. Like, there is some uh, sort of mimicry. I don't think it's like isomorphic mimicry where like people are doing it to make themselves fit in, which it could be kind of. Um, that maybe there's like some sort of rudimentary defense mechanism. Like, I don't want to be the odd one, yes. odd man out, uh, like kind of like prey mentality kind of shit. But, uh, there's definitely something to the art of making people laugh and not and making them laugh because not, not only should they, but because they, they, involuntarily do yes it's not like oh i'm gonna laugh right now like kind of like the wave like you're waiting for it waiting for it okay here we go yep or yeah or like oh this is my favorite song here comes the verse boom this is what it is but it's like i think there's something to that part of comedy where sometimes punchlines just come out of nowhere and then you're just just waiting for it you're like what the fuck (laughs) this is fucking hilarious that's what like I don't you know. This podcast always eventually comes back to comedy, but that's because yeah. I'm passionate about I'm passionate about a lot of things. But there are two <laughs> things that, I mean, that being said, I'm just a passionate person. I yeah. realized recently because my friend I said something last night like oh, that's my favorite thing. He's like, how many favorite things do you have? <laughs> I'm like everything is my favorite thing. Yeah, like, I speak in I speak in superlatives. Yeah. <laughs> like if I like something, like I throw myself fully at it. So like yeah. with cryptids. Every cryptid is my favorite cryptid because they're all so fucking fun. Yeah. And like, every comedian is... Okay, not every comedian is my favorite comedian. But, right. But, like, every comedy show is my favorite comedy show because mm. everything is unique. Like, yeah. That was my favorite Beast Village because, you know, I had a lot of fun at that Beast Village. Last year's Beast Village was my favorite Beast Village. Like, there's always, like... I, I really just appreciate unique experiences. And that's why I love cryptids is... Everybody has their own ghost story. Everybody has their own alien story. And that's why I love talking to people about it because it's I like, and I also love telling people my stuff because there's that, there's this weird communal thing where people are like, I have this ghost story that I like to tell because it's some, it gets a weird part of my brain that I don't really get to tell a lot of people. Yeah. So when I talk to people and I'm like, tell me your fucking ghost story, tell me your urban legend, tell me your, tell me the weird thing that you, you know, didn't get to tell a lot of people because you were afraid of being judged in that way. Like, that's why I love cryptids and I love talking to people about it. Like it's like, again, as I said before, I love storytelling and I, like, I'm very, I'm fascinated with people and the way that we work with, like it's story again, it's like storytelling and people are just something I, I wouldn't necessarily pe- like something I like to study. Cause saying uh-huh. like, I like to study people kind of sounds weird, but oh, yeah, it's like a psychologist, yeah. but yeah, but like I've always kind of been an outsider, like not necessarily like I'm a loner kind of outsider, but like, uh-huh. I'm I'm a fr- I'm, I've always been in the fringe. Like I've always been included. Like I, you know, I'm not some like oh, you know, people didn't include me. Like I've, you know, not to you know be like oh, I was popular, but like I've never really been like afraid of people, and I've never been like unincluded. Like I've never had people be like oh, you're not welcome here. Like it's yeah. I, there's I've always just, but I've also never been like oh, what the fuck is that? What? There's like a stuff. Oh, that's just there. like a leftover yeast. Okay, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to drink any. No, the beer here. No, I mean this shit is. This isn't fucked up. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Actually, on that note, I want to talk about that. Uh, but in conclusion of that conversation we were just having, yeah, I, I feel the same way. If I ever, but I, I feel like if I ever was excluded from something, I don't fucking care enough oh, to yeah. waste my time wanting to get into a circle of people that doesn't want me there. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like maybe it's just like uh, my personality. Maybe it does happen, and I just don't fucking realize it. Because if I get like a shitty vibe from somebody, it's like yeah, I just don't, I don't care. Yes, yeah, that's why I don't like. I hate this whole thing where people are like, "Oh, people are clicky," and I'm like, "No, like, you just have to find like their vibe, and if you yeah. don't vibe with it, then don't." But like, yeah, people like people are gonna include you because people want like people feel safety in numbers. Uh-huh. So like this whole clicky thing is like obviously there are clicks. But, like, generally speaking, like, if you go to a, like, again, you know, going back to comedy shows, like, if you uh-huh. go to a comedy show and you love comedy and you want to talk about comedy or, you know, without being, like, because there's a way, there's a way to involve yourself without involving you. Like, hmm. if you throw, like, if you want to make something about you, people might be, like, okay, like, you know, we get it. But, like, if you want to throw. It's off-putting, yeah. Yeah, but if you want to include yourself, just be, like, who you are without being it with making things about yourself. Yeah. So that's why like people are like, Oh, you're, this is, you know, so-and-so is clicky or in this. And I'm not even saying like, you know, comedy clicks. I'm saying clicks in general. Right. There's like this weird thing of like, Oh, they're not including me. And it's like, no, they, they have a vibe and you wanted to have your vibe in the, and disrupt theirs. Like that's not how things work. And who knows, maybe you're just completely unaware and you said something completely fucked up. (laughs) They're like, Hey, Hey, there's the racist guy. Let's not fuck with him. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. It's, it's very fun. But that being said, like, you know, like if, if, I'm the same way as you is uh, I've had people kind of like they have actively been like, no, we don't want you like around. Like not saying it to my face. Right. But like I've been actively discluded from things mm-hmm. and I don't care. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, they don't want me there. Why would I be upset that I'm not there? Like uh, there was I was at, around a group of people uh, sometime last year and like the person that I was talking to because I had one person who was like in this like weird click and this, I was talking to this guy and uh, he was like, oh, you know, we're going mini golfing, blah, blah, blah. You should come. And then he's like, oh, mini golf got canceled. Like, we're not going to go. And I'm like, oh, for sure. You know, whatever. And then, like, I'm hanging out with them later. And they're all talking about going mini golfing. And I'm like, oh, fuckers. You just, you just, I was told that you can't bring him. Like, and, yeah. uh, and like, part of me was like, I could be mad or I couldn't give a shit. Right. Like, why, like, why would it, like, you, you got to stop letting stuff bother you that shouldn't. I don't know where this random rant came from. I don't know. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't either. But uh, well, I will say about that situation though. I don't. I say fuck the group, but your friend, the individual that lied to you. I think that is that is the grievance that I would have. It's like, yeah. why did you lie? Why didn't you just say, "Hey, uh, I'm sorry, man. Like these guys said, they didn't really. I don't oh, know how because- to tell you. They didn't want to hang out with you. That's what it should have happened." And and somebody would be like, "Wow, that feels like shit." But okay. Yeah. Now that they lied, it's wow, you fucking lied to me, and also those guys discluded me. Fuck those guys, but come on, man. I thought you were my friend. Yeah, and, th- that and that's what's – it's really strange because it's like I understand wanting to pr- protect your group and being like, oh, like I don't want to like – you know, I don't want to burn my group and be like, oh, my group says they don't want to hang out with you, but we're cool. That's the truth though. It is the truth, but yeah. it's also like if you're part of that group and you do care about that group, you don't want to be like, oh, fuck them for not wanting him in because yeah. like that group might have a genuine reason for not wanting me in. So it's like I can't necessarily – get mad at him for just because i do kind of the same thing it's like social mitigation it's, mm-hmm. it's like how much does it really matter what the truth is if this if the result is going to be the same yeah because if the, if the result is you're you know you're not going to come along i should just like lie and you know 
you know, save your feelings. But then, then that being said, because I wasn't necessarily supposed to find out that they still went. I think right. that's what the problem was. Well, yeah, but that I mean, that's deceitful and shitty. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I try to live my life as honestly as possible. Oh, same. Like it, that kind of thing. If that happened to me, uh, it, one, it's it'd be like I probably would just avoid it completely. But if it came up, I would just tell you if that if I was that friend or whatever, I'd either not tell you, be like, oh. Yeah, fuck. We went. I forgot, I forgot yeah. to tell you or something. Really, that's that's still lying. That's still shitty. But I don't think I'd tell you it got canceled. I'd be like, oh yeah, we still went, but you. I guess you just didn't come. I don't yeah. know, man. Like, uh, things just kind of, like, <laughs> you know, things happened. Things got weird, and we decided to go after I told you we weren't going. Like, yeah. I guess it's kind of still kind of lying. Yeah, but, but the uh, other part of me is like, I just didn't care. Yeah. And that being said, like you know, me and that guy really aren't friends anymore because he ended up doing something differently shitty later. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, fuck it. And then. Yeah. That being said, I also look at that group of friends and I'm like, oh, if this is the type of people you are, mm-hmm. then I don't really care if you were my friend or not. Like, right, exactly. And some people can't get there. Some people are like, oh, but why did they exclude me? And I'm like, doesn't, Fuck don't em. do it to yourself, man. Yeah. Like, don't let other people's dislike of you for whatever reason be the reason that you're upset. If people don't like you, fuck them. Fuck those people. Yeah. Like, well, obviously, unless you're a shitty person. Like, don't then, be a shitty person. Then fix yourself. Yeah, yeah, work on yourself then, and maybe one day you're going to be accepted by somebody else. But if that's a situation, like if you get rejected by a group of people because you're a shitty person, well, fix yourself, but don't go actively seek out those. Well, don't be a desperate bitch. Yeah. But fix yourself if you if there is a problem with your personality. However, don't go seeking out validation from somebody else. Yep. You should be the judge of your own self, and if you can identify that, fix that shit. But this is getting real weird yeah, no, and I real did, real that I, I didn't want to get into in the beginning of the podcast. I, no, this is this is again. I just I have this effect where I get really passionate about stuff, and yeah. then passionate turns into like weird, like pseudo, like self help shit. Yeah. I think it's also because again, because like I attribute me being weird with the weird stuff that I like. So when I get into mm. like talking about like oh, I'm a weird person, I get into that like. Just like I get into that mindset of like I've been not again like I've, I've been ostracized, but I I've always just kind of been on the fringe. So I like connecting with other fringe people and kind of mm. you know and when I was you know younger and didn't understand the context that I have now of like fuck these people mm-hmm. yeah, like when I'm 16 and I'm like why aren't, like why don't these people like me yeah. even though I'm a nice person and I have a lot of friends why don't these specific friends or people want to be my friend yeah like, that always bugged me and now I have the, because I have the concept of like oh fuck those people anyway. I, like if there's you know young people that you know don't know that and hear somebody with that same struggle, be like, hey, it doesn't fucking matter if you're happy and those people don't like you, fuck those people. Or, yeah. And not necessarily like you know in an aggressive way, like oh like these pe- people are bad people, but it's like no, nah, like if they don't want to fuck with you, don't fuck with them. And then if they want to fuck with you, fuck with them. Yeah. Like just be nice to people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't agree more. Just be nice. Be as truthful as possible. There is an aspect to it where you don't want to hurt someone purposefully. That's yes. like one of my philosophies is go through life. And, it, and if every day you can say at the end of the day, you didn't make someone's day worse than it already was, that's great. And you should try strive to make it better. So that's my philosophy on life. So that ultimately leads to try. Hey, try to lie as little as like, yes. Yeah, try honest. to lie as little as possible. And you're going to probably going to be okay. Cause if you're truthful with somebody, and something happened that maybe they didn't like, but as long as you're truthful, maybe you'll sting, but it's not going to burn. Yes. Fucking lies burn, dude. Lies burn holes. Oh, yeah, they'll fuck you up. Yeah, and fuck that, lies. Exactly, dude. Don't, which is, that's why, I, again, like, I love talking about cryptids because it's, like, a playful, not a lie, but, like, it's a playful non-truth. Mm, yeah. Like, it's, 
it's it's a de- it's a deception that isn't deceptive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Like, it's like of course when you really think about it, it's like are there fucking you know, is there is there a Bigfoot? Ninety nine percent says no. Right. But you know, entertain like if there if that one percent is makes you happy, fucking dick around in the one percent. <laughs> like yeah. And that's where I like to live in the one percent. It's fun, yeah. It's the only way I'll ever be the one percent. <laughs> yeah, that shit's never gonna happen. There's only like fucking twelve people in the yeah. United States with all the money. <laughs> yeah. So like, so just I don't know. I think I, again, I I like weird stuff because I I like to be. I think it's again it, it, because it is something that's truthful to me, like something that I've always been into. I'm like, oh, like that's that's why I get into these weird like self help mm-hmm. rants because I'm like, yeah. just fucking let yourself be weird, man. I, that's how I feel, man. Like I got this, ta- I got this tattoo. It says, "Let it be like water." And it's like, just fuck off and be yourself, and then do what you got to do when you got to do it. Exactly. That's pretty much what that. Means. I think that's why we vibe so hard, dude. Hell like, yeah. We kind of have that same motto of like, don't let the like. It's kind of it boils down mostly to like, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Like, don't bring. Don't let the bre- don't let the bullshit bring you down. Exactly. Yeah. And let yourself enjoy the fact that aliens are probably real as fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. Which I got. I had a string of consciousness yeah, that I thought about earlier, and I wrote yeah. it down. And kind of have like a, a kind of itinerary. And you so you talked about uh you talked about your beer earlier. So I brought in a beer today. Yes, so delicious. I guess this is like a part part next half of the podcast we're starting up. I guess because <laughs> yeah. we haven't even hit on like any of the stuff. I know I, we can t- we can hit thinking. on them whenever. I just I like I Fuck said yeah, I get dude. in my weird. No, that was fun. I like that. Self help rants. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, so. What I wrote down. So I wrote down Grove itinerary. So brought in this beer. It's called Zardale from. Uh, Odell Brewing Company. It's a sour apricot ale. So sour ales, man. Uh, you and I are both big fans of them. Yes, they're my um, favorites. Hell yeah, mine too. I love them. So, <clears throat> do you know like the like the bacteria that make sour beers sour? And how I try to not think about it. <laughs> oh, okay. So this one, I'm pretty sure this is a lactobacillus um, bacteria that create that creates a sour. So there's pretty much three primary different bacteria that make sour beer sour so you got lactobacillus you got bretonomyces and then this one the last next one i learned about just recently uh pediococcus but uh it's more so called uh the lactic acid bacteria so like if you hear like lacto fermented it's probably the pedio pediococcus <clears throat> pediococcus bacteria or or lactobacillus so like that pediococcus is a lactobacilli so it's a, a family of lactobacillus but the pediococcus is like that beer i was trying to get Petrus Age Pale has like the pediococcus bacteria in there that gives like a more sour punch to it. It's more like close to like Sour Patch Kids or like yes. that. Um, I love citric the, like, acid really sour. sour shit. Yeah, I, I love it too. I whenever I see Petrus Age Pale, uh, if we ever do this podcast again or whatever, I'll bring it by if I find it or like if I see it in an off week, I'll bring it. I'll bring it to Lefty. I'll give you a bottle or something Fuck like yeah. that because it's it's amazing. So this one, I'm pretty sure this is kind of like a more round round kind of sour i don't know i'd like to it's i think it's fun to like uh personify those uh flavors because it's hard to like really talk about what you're feeling in your palate but i definitely I, yeah. know 100 percent what you mean when you say it feels more round yeah like it doesn't it's not sharp yeah like, exactly it's, it's got like it's got the tang of a shower but it's mm-hmm. not like oh man it's not like eating a fucking warhead where all of a sudden you're like fuck that's so sour you're like exactly oh this is like it's Sour is part of the overall like encompassingness of this beer. Like, mm-hmm. it's like uh like with a beatnik sour. Like beatnik sour yeah. kind of is more sharp to me. Like it's yeah. it's very much like the sour is a pronounced thing. Whereas this is like it's a very drinkable sour. Oh yeah. Like you don't feel like when you get a big mouthful that you have to take a break. You're just like oh this is a flavor. It's 
fucking fantastic. Uh, Odell is 100%. Like, I would honestly say it's probably my favorite brewing company. Hell yeah, man. Like, they're really good. So thank you very much for bringing this in. This is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's really good. I love it. Now, I would describe... Um, <clears throat> so I described this one as kind of like more round. Um, and this is going to sound fucking nuts. I'm sure people are listening to oh, this please. are going to be like, oh, you guys, guys are fucking idiot. Oh, no. Anybody but that's how- listening to the podcast <laughs> at this point is like, 100% anybody <laughs> that in. comes on here is... They <laughs> know swimming. what's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, like um, I got lac- you got Lacto and then you got Brett. So you got like a Saison Brett or whatever. It's like a Saison Brett, 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 Brett and Omices. Uh, I kind of view Brett, it's like the barnyards, the wild yeast, uh, wild yeast uh, beers. I kind of view Brett. Uh, Brett is like more like open, an open kind of, it's like, it's hard to, I guess it's hard to explain these kind of things, what you're feeling on your palate, but like, it feels like it's an open door of sourness. It's like, it, there's like a, a lot going on. Yes. However, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan of Brett, Brett and Amici's, uh sours. I more prefer like the candy sour beers, like the, like the lacto, lactic acid sours or the, the. It's very Lactobacillus. Tasty. Yeah, and that's this is what I prefer. And this one they they put a little bit of apricot in there, so they put fruit in there to supplement the sour the sour flavors, which I think is really cool. Um, so I wanted to talk about the beer specifically because one, I think it's fun to talk about like that bacteria and how that works. Um, and as I guess in a, as an aside, um, I make my own hot sauce, and the the thing the thing that makes my hot sauce fucking great, I ferment my hot sauce. It is the same bacteria that makes this beer sour. I'm gonna try your yeah. hot sauce then. Yeah, you have to. I would to. probably fuck with it real heavy. Dude, yeah, I made some. I made some uh, Serrano and jalapeno sauce. Oh, I usually I go hot. Fucking love Serranos. Hell yeah, I usually go hard. I usually go habanero, ghost pepper, Carolina Reaper, scorpion peps. So those are like you know super hots. Hell yeah. Um, but my, uh, my wife doesn't like those kinds, so I made her a jalapeno and Serrano version. Uh, I think I have. I think I have thirty two ounces left of it. Maybe I'll throw yeah. If you can, fu- if you can hook me up with some of that shit, yeah. I'll happily like. It's a. It's got a weird. It's it's a. It's amazingly weird. It, like it's got like that tartness, like that strange funkiness to yeah. it that only like fermented foods can bring to you. But uh, yeah, so like, the, I, I yeah, I love making my own hot sauce, man. I make it like every month or so, um, and I can I can hook you up with that. But Fuck what yeah. I think is cool about these sour beers and also my hot sauce that I make is it's the same bacteria that is creating those cool flavors is in, is active in both of them. So you have like the, my my hot sauce has the heat to it, but it also has like a funky sourness. Yeah, to it, yeah, too. yeah. It's fucking great. I would fuck with that. Excuse me. Hell yeah. Because Serrano's were like my secret ingredient in my chili for the longest time. Nice. Because and I had to cut them out because my stomach's fucked up. But huh. uh, so yeah, now because I used to what I used to do is uh, and I, I learned this from my roommate is because uh, even if you don't really like the taste of peppers, hmm. like the like actual like fruit of the pepper, but you like the taste of the like the peppers bring in. Okay. You dice them up real fine hmm. and you mix it in with the hamburger meat. Okay. Then like you get the flavors without the like tartness of because like my, my problem with uh with actually eating a pepper uh-huh. is like there's a weird sourness it's like too overbearing and like the fl- I, huh. like, I can't actually like i don't really like the taste of actual jalapenos or like the actual fruit of the pepper but uh-huh. i love the taste of the peppers bring in so i would dice these things up uh-huh. real real fine mix it in with the uh, meat along with onions and shit yeah and i would get the flavors without the taste of the actual pepper nice yeah because you're breaking down all of that cell material oh, yeah. Yeah, so I would dice it up like real, real fine. So you're pretty much just puree. You're, you're yep. creating, you're breaking it down into almost like a puree, oh, essentially, because yeah. you're chopping it so fine, and then the fat from the beef renders out and then cooks the shit out of the peppers, yep. pretty much disintegrates them, essentially, right? So yeah, it's and Serrano's were always my secret because I would make it like, 
I would make my pepper my chili with uh, jalapenos and I'd make it with habaneros and I'd be like, this is spicy, but like it's, it's there's some like I don't I don't want to call it like, serrano smoky, hmm. but like yeah, I wouldn't either. So, but there's like a there's like a like not, there's like a bite like a not like, it's, it's not smoky and it's not it's like a weird there's a shape to the taste yeah. right. That's it's, what I'm trying to say with like roundness or like yeah. There's a shape to those tastes. Like I definitely, I definitely, I'm trying. I'm sorry to hijack you, but I, that's, no, no, uh, go for it. I'm not talking about anything. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I definitely agree. I think like the difference between a jalapeno and a serrano is that serrano has a different shape to the taste, yes. and it, I think it's more pleasant. I think there's more. It's a little bit more floral. It has a little bit more heat, and it has a. I think it has a more palatable taste to it than a jalapeno. Yeah, I don't really know why jalapenos are so freaking popular. I don't think jalapenos are the best pepper. I'm yeah, a serrano think, yeah. habanero guy. Serrano, yeah, I, I, I like I said, serranos were my secret ingredient for the long. Yeah. It's shockingly hot. Like, mm. not I'm a freak. I eat like Carolina Reapers. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like yeah, I'm but not saying they are like, hotter than jalapeno. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's and I think that's what throws people off is like people think like oh jalapenos are so like jalapenos are like bitch spice. Yeah, it definitely. they're like they're like Wendy's chickens like spicy chicken sandwich hot. Yeah, if that. Definitely. Yeah. Like if you get a if you get a small if you get a small dense uh, jalapeno, like, there's a good chance oh, yeah. it could that be pretty spicy. Yeah. yeah. However, dude, fuck all that. To me, it's all relativistic. But jalapenos, I agree, pussy stuff. Yeah. Uh, I dude, my favorite pepper, I think, in terms of heat and also what they bring for flavor, is Thai chili peppers. I was just about to say the same yeah. thing. I love them, man. Yeah, they, dude. They have a perfect amount of heat, in my opinion. I they're they're my secret ingredient. Hey world, my secret ingredient for hot sauce <laughs> is uh is Thai chili peppers. Well, because they're like, they're the perfect level of spice of like this is spice and I like spicy food, mm-hmm. so I'm getting I'm getting that burn that I like from spicy food, but yeah. it's not so spicy that like a fucking Carolina Reaper where you're just like this is like work. Yeah, it's like biting my fucking face yeah. off. Like yeah, it's like it's spicy and I can handle it, but like I can't just shovel in the food. Whereas like mm-hmm. a Thai chili pepper, you're like this is spicy the whole time, mm-hmm. but I'm not like unable to eat or enjoy my food there there is a point though uh if you so fresh thai chilies can get pretty fucking hot yeah dried are about as hard as i fuck with yeah um i so in uh, vietnam uh when we were there uh we we had a bowl of chili peppers in front of us when we were eating pho and uh i was like oh yeah i eat hot stuff all the time at the time in korea uh, there wasn't, I didn't really have that much access to really hot stuff. Fun fact, people try to say that Korean food's super spicy or whatever. That's uh, I'd say that's a misnomer. It's uh, spice. It's, it has spice to it. And it's like some fucking fat mom from Missouri is not, is not, is going to not be able to <laughs> oh handle boy. it. You know? Yeah. Ooh, this is crazy. But like, uh, people like myself or, uh, I guess like you used to eat before you stopped yeah. being able to eat that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not, it's not really that spicy. So, uh, when we went to Vietnam, uh, they had a, the Thai chilies, or I don't know if it was like a cousin of them, but I ate a slice of one, and uh, I thought I was big bad eat, eating one, and I yeah. literally like tears coming out of my eyes. It was very hot, and the day before that, when we first got there, we went uh, to a pho restaurant, not one that we wanted to go to. We just went kind of like emergency because nothing else was open because yeah. we got there late. But they had the same kind of no. Caitlin got a bond me, and there oh. was a yeah. They slipped they slipped a little uh, Thai chili slice in there, and she's eating it, and all of a sudden she starts crying. I was like, I was like, are you okay? Like, are you just like that pumped to be here? Like, is it that good of a sandwich? She's like, it's so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> she like it was one of those things. She just oh, got yeah. blindsided by the spice. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that'll fucking happen too. Oh yeah, like. Now that's I got fucking KO'd by some wings once, which I wasn't expecting. Cause like I like ghost peppers are like they're hot, but it, like ghost peppers are kind of my like 
that's about where I peak if I'm like I'm gonna eat this as a meal spicy. Yeah. Like I mean, if I'm eating like if I'm eating like Carolina Reaper salsa, whatever, that's hot. But I'm not gonna fucking like I'm not making a meal of the salsa. Yeah. Whereas like ghost peppers, if if they're part of whatever I'm eating, mm-hmm. that's usually like part of the meal. And I'm eating yeah. these fucking ghost pepper wings, and it was a dry rub, <sighs> and dude. It wasn't even the, like, mouth spicy. What happened is my fucking lips were just burning. And I was like, yeah. this fucking sucks. This isn't fun. <laughs> over these wings. Dude. And that was when I got KO'd by spicy food. I was like, fuck this. Like, yeah. this just isn't fun. Dude, yeah. Ghost peppers can definitely, if there's high enough content. I grow my own ghost peppers at home. Nice. Those things, man, those can get so spicy if they're in high enough concentration. Like, the thing that bothers me, like, um, since I make my own hot sauce, I have kind of, like, a grievance with the local hot sauce brands like, yeah, more power to you. You're a local guy. You're making hot sauce, whatever. But I personally think I'm not going to name any names, but people will probably be able to pick it up. The local hot sauce brands in, uh, in Des Moines, I think are fucking dog shit. They are like the, the baseline is fine. Like their base, not going to name any names, but the baseline hot sauce is the one I'm talking about. It's a good taste and everything like that. But then they have quote unquote Carolina Reaper sauce and ghost pepper sauce. Like you put one fucking ghost pepper into a gallon of sauce. You asshole. Like this yeah. is, you're charging three bucks more for it too. That pisses me off, dude, because I make, again, I make my own hot sauce, and I use a shitload of pe- the same pepper. Like, if I'm making a Carolina Reaper sauce, granted, it's going to be more expensive to make, but it's almost all Carolina Reaper. It's like onion, onion, carrot, Carolina Reaper, Ooh. secret ingredients, shit like that. Uh, but you get full force flavor. It's way more flavorful, and you get the actual taste of the pepper. Like, if you taste my Carolina Reaper sauce, and you taste this other local uh, big huge brands Carolina Reaper sauce it's like well one of them definitely tastes like Carolina Reaper the other one just tastes like a spicy version of the normal it sauce it just has more case, uh, capsaicin is what it comes yeah. down to and that's what's I think they make it naturally so I'm not going to re- hit on right. there there are the ones that put natural cap- or put uh, artificial capsaicin into their hot sauces are assholes like that the bomb that's on like hot ones or whatever yeah. that's all fake it's like oh, bullshit fuck that. yeah it's all f- it's all artificial capsaicin they put in there just to make you hurt wasn't that like a, wait, wait is is that theirs or is that the number seven no no that's that's the number that's the one that's in the little bottle that the, tastes like shit yeah, yeah like no one likes it there's i think it's like what is it the number seven that everybody's like it's just hot and yeah. it doesn't taste good they're like this doesn't even taste like food yeah and it's because it's not food it's bullshit it's yeah. it's garbage and then like eight nine and ten people are like these aren't as hot as seven and mm-hmm. like ten people are like this actually like a lot of people are really saying like the number 10 on the hot ones is like fucking delicious mm. i'm sure so, it's insanely hot though it's using like yeah. pepper x stuff but Dude. like they say that it like tastes good oh i'm sure yeah Dude, we uh, so uh, I made the Carolina Reaper sauce and we made wings uh, a couple weeks ago. So I brought in my I brought my Carolina Reaper sauce to my buddies, and me and two of my buds, we put it on some wings and we ate it and we're like, dude, this is really good. Like I'd been eating it for like a week or so. Right, but right, right. They're like, they're like, holy fuck, dude, this is hot. They're like, but it's really, it tastes really good because I put I put a ton of garlic and all sorts of stuff. Oh in hell there. yeah, yeah. So uh, home obviously homemade stuff. If you're doing it right, it's gonna taste good. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much like the verdict there too. It's like, this is really tasty, but it's also burning my face off. Dude, okay, so I, I want to move on from the pepper talk in a sec. <laughs> uh, however, I think I something funny uh, that I th- I personally think is uh, the <laughs> have you ever, ever eaten something extremely spicy and eaten too much of it? You'll know what I'm talking about. And I call it the daps. It's a day after pepper shits. Yep. It's the worst feeling i so uh, there's a place in des moines that's going to be opening reopening up i think in february or march um called mad meatball and uh it was really cool we used to go there all the time for trivia and it was dope it was a great place to be 
but so they had this thing called quick sauce and the chef is just wants to watch the world burn because he has it's the hottest freaking it's the hottest dry rub ever man it's absolutely unreal so uh one night the same two buddies that i was with just the other night making those that we my homemade wing sauce we're actually there for we were there for um trivia and my my friend uh goes yeah they had this quick sauce carolina reaper you want to try it i was like yeah fuck it let's get a wing let's get one wing you know, let's get because they have like half price wings on Wednesdays right. as well. This is a big advertisement for. I'm about to check that place out when it comes back, dude. It's it's dope. Um, so we got each got a wing, and my buddy Jesse, he's Jesse's just a tough fucking dude. Anyways, he's just a tough guy. Uh, but he just orders six of them. <laughs> he just goes, yeah, I'll have six of those quick swings. He's like, what? I like spicy stuff. I'm gonna order six of them. And my friend that told us about these wings was like, dude, are you serious? You're gonna do that? He's like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And I was like, man, I can't let Jesse fucking show me up. Oh, no. So I ordered six of them. So we chowed down on these wings. You know, I got we got through them. We ate all six of them. Uh, they're way hotter than the Buffalo Wild Wing sauce. Like honestly, at this point, the blazing sauce of Buffalo Wild Wings, granted, very hot. It has nothing on this quick sauce, man. This quick stuff is. Shit insane it is absolutely insane highly recommend trying it if you're a spice head so the next day man we it was a weekend and i tried doing something the next day and i literally doubled down and i was like i need to sit down because my ass literally feels like like a dog is chewing on it it just hurts it's, it feels so bad it's like it's like a pulsing like something's oh, yeah. literally biting on your asshole it's the worst feeling ever, dude. And then when you go to the bathroom, that's a nightmare. Yep. And then it's just all day long. It took two days to get over the daps, dude. The other weird part about doing that is when you get that like weird feeling, like there's a menthol shoved up your butt. <laughs> like it's like it's just there's a constant like it's yeah. not like fire, but like it just feels like your butt is like numb and hot, yes. and you're just like this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, dude, and a numb butthole is not a good uh, is no, not a good feeling. It's the fucking worst. That's yeah. why yeah, I just <laughs> But no, uh like we can finish up the spice uh-huh. talk quickly, but uh Yeah. My roommate, like he's kind of, like he's a big spice head, mm-hmm. and like he got me into being like even like I always like spicy food. I just I never was like a spice head cuz I just I I like spicy food, but I never really like explored it cuz I was I've always been pretty picky. Right. Then I started exploring more and more food. And now I like I'm down to try anything, but I still have a very limited palate is how I'd put it. Okay. Like I'm not so picky that like I'd be like no, I don't want to try that, but yeah. like I'm so picky that like I know I don't like that and there's a lot of these things in it that I don't like if like like if it's mostly vegetable and cheese based, I'd be like no, I'm not going to eat this cuz like, <laughs> there's no part of this it, of me that wants that. But uh, uh, anyways, unrelated. Uh, so okay, uh, my roommate likes to smoke food, and uh, oh cool. So he uh last night for D and D because we had a bunch of people over. He's like, you know, can you buy like you know a pack of chicken? Because he bought chicken, so I bought chicken. Uh, we had a shit ton of like just like drumsticks, and he smoked them for all day. Fuck yeah! And then he has a dry rub that is I think is kind of his own thing. So I don't know anything about it. But mm. then the sauce that he put on top after the dry rub, the sauce. Okay. And it's literally just honey and sriracha. Yeah. And I highly recommend it because it's, it's hot without being like, yeah, like, oh, my mouth is on fire. So like you get that like good spice of like, mm, this is something that I can enjoy without it being like, fuck, this hurts. But then you also have that sweet of the honey and they just, and you're like, cause sugar is like the whole point of sugar is like, it makes you like lit- sugar is literally fucking addictive. Mm-hmm. So like you're eating these wings and the sweet of the fucking honey makes you just fucking annihilate these like, drumsticks because they're like this is so fucking good like 
I'm a very light eater. Mm-hmm. I ate fucking four drumsticks and just a giant pile of these fucking potatoes that my roommate Hell makes. Hell yeah. And that was the most food I've eaten like all week. <laughs> and it's just because like if food, it, like I'm such a light eater that like if food tastes good, I'll eat it. But like if something is really fucking great, like I will chow down. Yeah. Like I will stuff myself. It's like a skip the next meal situation. Yeah. Yeah. I like, know how that feels. And then we had fucking a caramel apple pie afterwards. God damn. Nice. Good fucking meal. That sounds amazing. Dude, yeah. So, uh, I guess for context for everybody, when I was saying I get ferment my own sauces, sriracha is a fermented sauce as well. That funkiness you have on sriracha, that's from the lactobacillus bacteria. That must be why I love, like, sriracha is my favorite hot sauce. Like, yeah. I don't put it on a lot of stuff because I don't, like, again, I have mm-hmm. to be very careful with spice. But, like, if yeah. I were to pick a hot sauce, I love sriracha. Because I hate vinegar. I don't really like, as weird as it is, I love sours, but I'm not big on vinegar. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I have, um, so when I do my hot sauces, there's two different ways that I go about it. So I have one non-fermented sauce and I have one fermented sauce. My fermented sauce doesn't have any vinegar in it. It's just water, peppers, and plant material. Which is, I'd probably fucking love a lot. Yeah, I think so too. I, dude, I haven't shown a single person that has eaten this. So I got, I got this idea. So I'm going to do a shout out to, uh, Brad Leone from Bon Appetit. Check out that dude's It's Alive series. That's how I learned how to do, um, that's how I learned how to do, uh, fermented foods. Check them out. Anybody that's listening to this still, <laughs> it's alive with Brad. It's awesome. It's a great YouTube series. Um, but uh, yeah, so I make a fermented sauce and then I make non-fermented sauce. And my non-fermented sauce is usually where I go with the super hots. Because I'm using like Carolina Reaper. I'm going to try to get all the Carolina Reaper heat out of that. Yep. But that's got vinegar in it. Um, the thing is, though, is that if you taste a sauce that's really vinegary, like you can feel the vinegar in the sauce, it's fucking probably made like shit. There's probably uh, too much vinegar in there. I think that's why like I probably... Like, when I say I don't like vinegar, it's mostly because, mm-hmm. like, I went to fucking Hooters once, and, oh. like, their fucking buffalo sauce. Like, I, I hate buffalo sauce because of it still. It tastes like battery acid to me. I fucking hate buffalo sauce. I agree. I hate it, too. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm glad that I'm on the same page here. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this isn't even good. Like, I like a good hot wing, yeah. but, like, if it's just, just tastes like vinegar and, like, bitterness little, yeah. yeah it's disgusting i hate fucking hate buffalo sauce to me it tastes like battery acid i yeah. think it tastes like shit it it's, tastes like how bad how acid smells exactly and it's like and they're so messy like yeah. buffalo wings are unnecessarily saucy yeah fuck them and then also it's like i get it if you like a uh, ranch and blue cheese or whatever but it's like fuck you if you're eating buffalo wings with tons of buffalo sauce and you're dunking them in fucking blue cheese and Which you're making the blue cheese all milk. orange yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Fuck yourself. <laughs> no, like, fuck buffalo wings. That's why, like, uh, I'm like a, I'm like a uh, Burlington pariah because Burlington has these things called uh, chicken lips, which are... Oh, dude, it's just, what, chicken assholes or something like it's that? It's literally just fucking, uh, it's like chicken strips yeah. soaked in buffalo sauce, but it's like a homemade buffalo sauce. And given, I will say, if they didn't have the buffalo sauce on them, the breading and, like, the chicken itself that uh, is made by this chicken lips place... Yeah. It's fucking like it is good chicken and it is good breading, but uh-huh. I fucking hate buffalo sauce. And all yeah. it is is like uh, their version of because I think it's like well Burlington sauce. Well, it's like it's like a special thing. Like you ever had chicken lip dip? No. It's like it's like fucking like it's like shredded chicken, uh, cream cheese, and like hot like I think usually hmm. like Frank's Red Hot kind of blended all together. Interesting. I never heard of that. Yeah. It, it, my, again, it, it, these are like it's like a weird Burlington thing. Okay. Like, uh, so it sounds like poverty food to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. fucking, well, it's, it's something you bring to a party basically. It's yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Or like chicken, sharing food or yeah, something. Chicken lip dip. Cheap, like, cheap sharing food. Cause yeah. all those ingredients are really easy and cheap to get. Yeah. You, you buy like a can of shredded chicken or a couple cans, some uh, cream cheese and like Frank's red hot. You blend it all together Yeah. and you fucking eat it with chips. It's like, it's literally, it's chicken lip dip is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And that's what this chicken, uh, chicken lips is. It's like, it's like 
so, the forearm or the chicken pretty yeah, much yeah it's like it's the it's like the, it's like a chicken strip like it's literally just chicken strips uh-huh. like i'm pretty sure it's chicken breasts made into strips but then, oh like, i thought you were rubbing your arm no like no, part my, of the chicken. no 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 my, <laughs> my arm is just itching <laughs> no no oh, no no fuck me. no my arm is just itchy no it's, it's, like it's from this part of the chicken <laughs> no 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 it's just like it's a it's literally just like a it's literally just a chicken strip. Oh, I was imagining that they're, they're just like kind of like, oh, this part of the chicken is too hard to get to traditionally. No, so no, no, these no, people no. are just like pick it off and like, no, no, like it's no, poverty no. food that way. No, it's, <laughs> I created a whole no. narrative in my head. <laughs> no, I, no, it's just, it's, but that's kind of what the sauce is. It's like, I'm pretty sure there's like a little bit of cream cheese, mm. like not as much as a chicken lip dip, but like, that's why they, they're so popular. It's like it's like buffalo sauce with like a little bit of cream cheese, so it's just a little bit thicker. Okay. And people fucking lose their tits for it. Like it started at their it started at its own restaurant, like just as like an appetizer thing, and the people yeah. loved them so much that hmm. they were like, We could just make a restaurant and only serve these. Damn. And it succeeded. It's it's good for them, man. Yeah, that's dude, awesome. My whole life I've never not known that place to exist. Like okay. that's how popular they are in Berlin. Wow. It's almost thirty years. So like even though I don't personally like them. I will say, if you listen to this podcast and you're rolling through Burlington and you're looking for something like that's very, very Burlington, the chicken lips are extremely unique to Burlington. Hell yeah. I've never had anything else like them. Don't like them, but they're extremely unique. Best place in Burlington to hit up is the Italian, though. So I'm just going to fucking <laughs> yeah, <hell yeah. laughs> give them a fucking final shout out. The Italian in Burlington. Fucking <laughs> shout out to Pete. Uh, that best fucking pizza in town, dude. No okay. Shit. 100%. Nice. If you're rolling through Burlington, the Italian. Goddamn. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Anyways, I know we have a lot more. Uh, yeah, I got some shit to down. talk about, and uh, I'm sorry, I gotta take a quick restroom break here. Oh, no problem. So if you want to keep talking, or mm, I don't know what I gotta talk about. I don't know if there's anything. This, yeah, I probably edited it. I don't really know if there's anything. Sure. All the stuff is more like I want to talk to you about. It. I think it's fun. Sure. I will be right back. Sounds good, guys. I don't know what the fuck I said, guys. fucking wrote down metric tensor i don't even know what the einstein's field equations what am i an asshole yeah this is gonna get edited out gravity is not a force well yeah i know that but i can't explain it Japanese soldiers on the Philippine Islands in the 1970s and 1980s. Clovis Comet. Just all sorts of random shit on here. No context. I literally... What the hell? Oh. <laughs> nice. I'm a fucking douchebag. I wrote down metric tensor dash Einstein's field equations. Yeah, maybe that made sense when I was researching it, but I don't know what that means now. Hell yes. All right, I'm right. back. Yeah, let's do a little clap action, I guess. Hell yes. <laughs> Boom. All right, so we got some we got some peaks so that way I can at least pick here. Hell yeah. Yeah, fuck no. Uh or fuck no. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Uh yeah, no shit. Okay, so let's get back to the weird stuff. I know we kind of got off yeah. on a tangent about food, but that was cuz I'm I haven't eaten all day, so I'm all, I'm starting oh, to realize, oh, I'm probably hungry, but <laughs> Yeah, I I just ate a, like an egg sandwich a couple hours ago, but I'm going to get hungry too. Yeah, no, I fucking I woke up I woke up at noon. And just started, like, cleaning my place so that, it, like, it wasn't a total wreck when you got here. Oh, that's fine, dude. If it would have been a wreck when I got here, that's cool. Anyways, yeah. Like, I mean, I still have that whole 
side corner, which is... Yeah, but that's been like that forever. I just don't have enough room for all my bullshit. Oh. I still have a fucking Joker poster I need to hang, though. From the new movie? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I want to go it see it. It was... It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my cousin Ben, the guy that I want to, I want you to go on the podcast and talk horror with, he wrote a kind of scathing review of the movie, saying it was like shallow. And that the, he said the cinematography and the uh, editing and the production was great, but he said the story was lackluster and it was it's, it lacked depth. It's very like I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I would say I, I went and saw it, and I will just say like as far as like without any spoilers, uh-huh. it's the first movie. Where I've ever, because like a lot of like R-rated movies, I'm like whatever. Like they they have to do this for the you know FCC and like uh-huh. because of swearing and you know violence, which is I, I was watching like you know swearing and violence, and I was like you know 13, 14. To, yeah, this is the first movie where I was like genuinely concerned that somebody who wasn't mature would watch this movie and see the Joker as the hero. Like before you saw it or while you're watching? While it? I'm watching it, like oh. by the end of it, I was like, I really think that this is the first like mature movie that I've watched where I'm like, if mm. I was a young person and I saw this, I would, I would identify with the Joker and be like, yeah, the Joker was right. Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> but as an adult, I'm like, okay, like I still see the, like, you know, despite the, the reasons that he does these things, I still see his actions as wrong and immoral and flawed. Right. Whereas if I wasn't, you know, an adult, and I was, you know, like I said, 14, 15, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, he's the hero of this movie. He's the mm. good guy. Like, he's the protagonist, but he's not a good guy. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I, I look at this movie, and I don't think it's dangerous or problematic, but I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, this is the first movie where, like, if I w- didn't have the context of, like, adult life, like, I would have the wrong come away from this movie. Yeah, interesting, yeah. I'm not sure I haven't seen it yet, but... It's I, good. I mean, yeah. it's... it's <laughs> It's 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 good. It's not like it's not great. I think it's about like I think I gave it like a six. Okay, I think that's probably what I think it's. Ben said it was shit, but he also gave him big props for the the cinematography and and camera. Yeah, I would work consider and like a six, like, like a six out of ten. Like it's something that I don't regret watching. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I would never. I would probably maybe watch it again if somebody was like. But you pirated or some shit. Yeah, yeah or like <laughs> if somebody was watching it and they were like, "Hey, I want to watch the Joker," I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the Joker again." But I would okay. never seek it out again. I, I definitely wouldn't buy it. And I definitely hmm. wouldn't like. I would never seek it out again. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna wait until I can get my hands on it. Uh, I mean, I definitely like. Theater. I think a six is basically my way of saying like, if you want to watch it, I would. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I need to watch that. I need to watch that movie, but I think I'm gonna wait based for on sure. the reviews I've got. For sure. For sure. Anyways, let's get back into the weird shit. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about. So one, uh, I brought a beer. You know, uh, and then we went on that long tangent yes. about <laughs> uh, uh, peps. But I, dude, I'm like I said, I make my own peppers and stuff. Or I make my own hot sauce and I grow my own peppers. So that's in my fucking wheelhouse. So that's fine. Um, <clears throat> so we have a similar uh, take on ancient Egypt because I'm guessing you also were introduced to Graham Hancock through Joe Rogan. Yes. I will say, <laughs> I will say Graham Hancock's kind of a little harebrained. So anybody that's listening to this, don't turn it off. I'm not a fucking devotee to what this guy says. I just think the things that he talks about are really interesting. How much time we got, by the way? Oh, we got, I mean, we got a little while. Yeah. Like okay. I said, I don't need to we're start getting ready till about six and it's like four fifty. Okay, cool. So damn, we've already been doing this for like an hour. Right? Yeah. We, we, we've been like really cruising. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I think the ancient Egypt topic is really interesting, and uh, like I said, not a devotee, not a devotee to Graham Hancock, but I do think the topics he brings up and the thought experiments that he brings up is fascinating. That kind of uh, alternate take on um, ancient Egypt and how there's a really good possibility that the 
monuments are not as old as as Egyptologists say they are. They're, they're probably, they likely are much older. Yeah. Or at least there is, there is benefit of the doubt to say that there's a probability that they are much, much older than what, is it? What, uh, fucking gnat going my goddamn no, beer. I thought it was saying, uh, I was looking at the beer, I thought it was saying oh. 9.4 alcohol. Per, oh, 6.8. Yeah, I, I thought I saw it was a 9.4, like, I think per serving or something like that. I thought that was the alcohol content, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a strong sour. Oh, yeah. Was, 7% is still pretty good, though. Yeah, no, 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 7% for a sour is about average, but I was thinking, I was looking at, like, almost 10, and I was like, what sour yeah. is that strong? <laughs> like, There's some dark sours that can get that strong. Dark sours are so strange. I agree. Like, I'm, I'm, I like them, but, like, if I'm going to drink a dark beer, I really like a stout. Yeah. But So, like, I prefer, like, if I'm drinking a dark beer, I prefer a stout to a dark sour. Anyways, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've, okay, since I, since I, I'm, since I'm forcing this subject, might as well just no, 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 no. bolt head through. I, 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 I love to talk about that, but I wrote all this shit. Down. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I want to keep getting back to that, but I just I was looking at that and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's strong sour yeah. beer. It's a fucking good beer, though. Man. It is I'm, so I'm good. I'm impressed by it. No, I'm, that's why I was like, I might have to pick up more of that and have hell some yeah. for myself later. Apparently, it's a retired beer, so I might as well. If you find it, you gotta Fuck. get it after it. Yeah, hell yeah. So, so I don't know if there's any more. I saw a bottle that was at Ingersoll Wine and Spirits. All right, I might have to check that place out. Yeah, well, Ingersoll Wine and Spirits is good. Hell yeah. um, there's one on Ingersoll, and then there's one on 50th Street. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, so uh, same Brett. Yeah, Graham Hancock, great, but take it with a grain, grain of salt, obviously, right? Um, but on the beer beer talk, so um, as a as kind of like a transition into ancient Egypt and Egypt and stuff, uh, have you ever heard of the beer uh, Tehenket from Dogfish Head? No. So a few years ago. The guy, the lead brewer at Dogfish Head, he likes to do really crazy stuff with his beers. You might know, or if you're a beer beer advocate like we are, um, they took they went to Egypt and they collected wild yeast from Egypt and they used the hieroglyphs. You talked about hieroglyphs earlier. They took the hieroglyphs and they took their best, like uh, Egyptologist's best interpretation of, how, of what they were talking about, uh, to apply it to how they made their beer back then. Because uh, apparently the people that made the pyramids, you know, who the fuck knows who right. actually did it, but at least the people that were talked about in the hieroglyphs building structures back in ancient Egypt, they were described as being paid in beer. Like, I guess in like the equivalent of a six pack of beer you get after the, after the day's over. You got paid in a six pack? Yeah, pretty much. Damn, yeah. that's a fucking bullshit deal. <laughs> I know, right? You do, you do like 14 hours of hard labor and then they're like, oh, here's a six pack. Go cut one back. Oh, dude, I would yeah. fucking flip. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so besides the human, human rights violation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they would, yeah, they'd get paid in this beer. It was like, I think it's like 3% or so, but it was in a bomber glasses to Hankett beer. They went there and they uh, took yeast from Egypt itself. Uh, They're trying to get it as, as authentic as possible. And they used the kind of a similar uh, me- method to, to make the beer. I don't know if it was a lager ale. I believe it was an ale. Oh, yeah. It very, very likely is an ale because ale is it, it's made in the heat rather than the cold. Yeah. And as light as, like you said, 3%. So yeah. that sounds very ale because lager is usually pretty, pretty mm-hmm. stiff. No, because uh, you feel like Budweiser is a lager. Yeah, but I four. Four percent. I thought. I guess I looked at the regular, but it's like being like, yeah, about five ish. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm wrong, but, but I, I mean, think it's like, like four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like not necessarily like stiff, stiff, but it's like mm-hmm. in the like four to five range. Yeah. Like. Um. Yeah. I am not really. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh. But yeah, it makes sense because ales are uh uh made in the warm in the warmth, and then lagers lagers you need to uh, cool down quickly to brew them a certain way. 
Um, so it makes sense that it's an ale, but to Hank, it is this beer that they created in that light. And I wish they'd bring it back. Like it's so good. It was like very caramely and round. Ooh. It was delicious, but it's gone for, I don't think they're ever going to make it again. Yeah. It was such a yeah. labor intensive process. Yeah. I'm sure they probably like archive their yeast or whatever that they collected from there. I don't really know what they do, but I think I, I watched a little documentary about making that beer, which made me go buy it. I bought it like four times when I, when I was available because it was so cool to me. And also about that same time, I learned about uh, Graham Hancock's take on ancient Egypt and uh, watched Magical Egypt. Have you seen that documentary series? Yeah, I think I can't remember who the um, guy was that created. I don't know if it was Shock. But it was one of these dudes that Hancock hangs out with, you know, the, the alternate history Egyptologist people. Uh, you know, that raises a lot of eyebrows in the Egyptologist community. That that whole thing is kind of interesting how um, there is a dichotomy between who believes what. Oh, are you even going to entertain the idea that the Sphinx is possibly 30,000 years old? If oh, if uh, you do, then you're on that side of the, of the bleachers. If you're like us and you only believe that it was made 6,000 years ago, then you're on our side. Um, but fuck it, whatever. Uh, fuck all that human drama. Um <laughs> Uh, I think it's so interesting about uh, to to take consi- consider the things that Graham brings up, and without keep referencing his stuff, we just talk about it freely with what we know. Um, what do you? What is? Uh, so you read books? You read the books? Uh, you read both of the books that we talked about yep. previously: Fingerprints of the Gods and Magicians of the Gods, where they kind of reference the, the pyramids, and also like Gobekli Tepe, and then like Yanaguni also. Um, what? Uh, yeah, you want to? Yeah, let's just chat about that. Like, what's your perspective on so, on the Sphinx? I guess for one, uh, I really fuck with his because I'm pretty sure I don't know if it was his idea, but I know that he at least references the idea that we're not the first like humans, like right. We're actually like fourth generation, like that has like extinction events are so common uh-huh. that like I'm not sure exactly. Like I said, I don't I don't believe it was his. I think it was just something that he referenced that. Uh, we're actually the fourth generation of humans that have like recovered from mass extinctions. Hmm. And uh, I think that that kind of ties into the possibility of like with the pyramids and like the Sphinx and stuff like that, that maybe they weren't like super far apart, but it might've been one of those situations where like the, like let's say, well, I'll just say gen three, it might've been gen two, gen one, whatever, but let's say gen three humans made the Sphinx and the pyramids and then Gen 4 comes back around after Gen 3 kind of gets wiped out by, like, whatever. Because I still think that, as, you know, as advanced as some of these civilizations might have been, mm-hmm. I still think that currently we are the most advanced civilization. And I think that's hmm. extremely difficult to argue. Why? I think it's, we're more, like, we have a more well-rounded system of science and technology. Whereas, like, maybe, like, maybe Gen 3 and previous generations had a tap into like the you know if if magic ever has did exist maybe like or aliens whatever you want to consider like i think that the technology that existed to create the you know pyramids at such exact specifications in the sphinx and all that stuff because i don't care what anyone i don't give a fuck what anyone says those were not created by just fucking slave labor and like you know whatever mathematicians that were around in egypt that's bull hmm. that's that's insane you who do you think did it i don't know I, that's the thing is i don't know but i don't think that like a, a bunch of slaves would make exact fucking i don't like, think they're slaves either yeah like i don't like it, that's what's fucking wild to me when people are like oh it was built by humans and i'm like dude people today 
with all of our math and science and computers and machines uh-huh. and fucking like all that stuff. We couldn't build that to that exact specification. I guarantee it. No, we couldn't. It'd take forever. Yeah, because like there, like in the fact that like it lines up with the fucking stars or whatever on like certain nights where like and they're like exact peaks and the fucking angles are exactly like north, south, east, and west. Yeah, and they're not like askew. They're not weird. Like all the fucking lines exactly meet up. The exact mathematical specifications and like building ram like stuff like that. That that wasn't created by fucking slaves, and like dudes with pulleys and levers. There's just it's impossible. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's impossible. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that. Uh, however, I do think it's a mystery because here's how I see it: if there was, if there was a mass extinction event that got rid of a certain amount of people, um, there's millennia that go but that have gone by thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Our technology that we currently have hasn't even experienced the amount of time, uh, even close to the amount of time between those civilizations. The, the gaps that we've been that we found within like one set of structures and another set of structures that those still exist. The stone structures, at least, some tools probably fucking disintegrated or wherever they got lost in trade or something. Who knows? Um, but our current technology hasn't even that that much time hasn't gone by That's to fair. see if we're going to be able to stand the test of time. Who knows? Maybe, maybe in a 10,000 years, New York city is completely gone because due to like, just let's just say there's another extinction level event, but what's left over is our cities and our, in our towns. Who knows if those are still going to be able to withstand mother nature True. for 10,000 years, let only maybe a hundred years of buildings, a hundred years old. You're like, fuck dude, this thing might collapse. We need to rebuild. Think about 10,000 years go by. Is that building gonna be there? I don't know. That's true, but stone would that. stick around when they're well. That's the craziest thing about the pyramids to me is that they're still there. However, I would would say that the climate is what's the word I'm trying to say. It, the The climate will pretty much allow them to to continue staying up because if it's in, if it was in like an inclement weather, there's probably a good chance those fucking pyramids would have been worn away. Oh yeah, no, like that's it's a very I, I don't want to say, I guess almost arid. Also, I didn't realize like how close the fucking like desert was to like the city of Egypt. Oh yeah. It's in the it's background. It's insane. Like yeah. there's just like, that's just, I, I think of these pyramids as like in my head, you know, growing up as a kid being like interested in it. Cause I mean, I, I, I feel like every kid kind of has their like Egypt mummies kind of like yeah. fascination phase. And like, I'm imagining them like out in the fucking desert in the middle of nowhere. Like, like an oasis. Yeah. Yeah. And then I see these pictures and I'm like, there's fucking skyscrapers like, yeah. right the fuck there. There's a taxi driving by. Yeah, and I'm like, these are so much less like mystical now. Yeah, but they're still mystical as fuck. Oh, yeah, fuck. I mean, they are, but like, <laughs> they just, they kind of lost that like, well, because I mean, I'm assuming mm. you've seen The Mummy. Yeah. And like, they go out to this pyramid and it's the middle of fucking right. nowhere desert. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, like this is crazy. And then you look at like real life pyramids and you're like, oh, there's this the city. Right yeah, you can there. literally t- fucking take a yeah. scooter out to the pyramids. It's super weird. But also, like, it's apparently, like, super illegal to, like, go to them without, like, guides and stuff like that. Well, yeah, because of looting. And people fucking them up. I mean, they, those things are literally a wonder of the world. We don't know how they got there. And people tell you, they're like, oh, yeah, Kafra made the made the pyramids. They made the Sphinx. It's like, fuck yourself, man. How? How did he make that? How did, he, how did a single emperor within his lifetime if that's what you're gonna say oh man maybe it's 30 years or something like maybe multiple maybe multiple fucking pharaohs fuck off dude there's no way it would take 
it would take like that like a hundred years or something like that in modern technology to be able to put those stones together like that, let alone quarry them. How long does it take to quarry out hundred hundred ton stones like that? Move them, cut them precisely, stack them up that way. Plant it even. How long did it take them to plant it? Like plant it. If if this is really a brand new idea, what does somebody just have an epiphany and they're like, oh yeah, pyramids gonna go together like this. Yep. That's how we're gonna do it. Oh, and also by the way, I want this star to be exactly at the peak <laughs> at this time. Like. Yeah. It's really fucking weird. Can we talk about that part for a second, which I think is really interesting? Is uh, So if anybody hasn't listening hasn't gone down this kind of uh, pseudo-conspiracy theory trail before, the idea is that the pyramids and the Sphinx are older than they actually are because of the evidence at hand. So one thing is the, the erosion on the base of the Sphinx is not consistent with wind and sand erosion that you would, that you would think that would exist in the desert. So the the Sphinx was uncovered, I think, in like 1856 or something like Can you that. Imagine fucking being the fucking person that, that found the Sphinx and excavated it. Yeah, like fuck, man, what a fucking discovery. Yeah, and then, oh, dude, it's like almost like mind blowing. Actually, I guess it, you would, your mind would be blown for yeah, sure, especially in like 1856. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 1850, 1858. Damn, I wrote down. Still. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think by 1858, maybe, they, it would have been a little less mind-blowing than 1856. You <laughs> yeah, <know. laughs> they're like, dude, two years went <laughs> by. Fuck, dude. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so they just, yeah, so they uncovered this thing. It was buried in sand up the neck until 1858, and we're not really sure how long it was. And imagine it was probably been a few thousand years because there are hieroglyphs from 6,000 years ago, from, what, like 5,800 uh, B.C. Um, but I guess, yeah, B.C.E. We don't use fuck before christ or whatever right, right, right. before the common era um but yeah so like six thousand years ago these the new age dynastic egypt existed um however the thing about this is, is that the base of the sphinx it does not reflect the wind and sand erosion that should be there it's it looks to be water erosion it looks to be eroded by water Whoa. yeah so that's the crazy thing you could pull this up right now if you wanted to and look at the look at the sphinx and you take a look at the enclosure around it and you tell me that that's that's wind and sand i'm no geologist but that definitely does not look like is wind and sand created it looks like it's water erosion so what's the big deal with that okay so thirty thousand years ago is the last time that there was a large amount of, of rainfall and water in that part of egypt all right so so what what other evidence do you have so okay so water erosion can be explained by that it's probably thirty thousand years old right all right well bullshit whatever the dynastic egypt claimed it six thousand years ago they, there's probably a logical explanation well think about this the um the sphinx points at i believe it's like the constellation leo or some some representation of a lion in the right. constellations right so it's not currently pointing there but it was pointing there back when dynastic egypt was going on but it also due to rotational precession of the earth wobbling as it rotates around the sun the the rotational precession period of earth is twenty six thousand years that exactly lines up to when there was large amounts of flooding in ancient egypt thirty thousand years ago which means that those two evidence can be correlated to say that there's a probability that this thing could be that old because if it was built around that time it would have been pointed at leo whoa yeah and also there would have been the rainfall to create the erosion at the base of the sphinx whoa yeah so this is like big if true. yeah like yeah exactly I, I hate that phrase big if true but like that is genuinely exactly huge if true yeah exactly and the problem about it is is that there's no physical evidence of a civilization in egypt existing at that time however the thing that to consider is 
that 25,000 years is such an amazingly long amount of time that if this thing was buried potentially purposefully, or if it's just buried at all, that it would preserve it. And maybe the things that were left behind were consumed by the earth. Who knows? So the question is, where is the evidence of that civilization? We, we don't fucking know. Also, I mean, we, we haven't fully fucking dug around the Sphinx. Like, yeah, they just, yeah, yeah. they recently found uh, something like an artifact, like a box or something like that underneath one of the paws, like, five six seven years ago or something no like shit that. yeah i can't remember what was the significance of it is but like it's still a new artifact that they found not long ago so it's, yeah they're still excavating they're still finding stuff excuse me in the great pyramid they're still finding chambers still exploring figuring out what the hell it's used for because obviously they people they thought it was used for a burial for the pharaohs um that's but, like one purpose though yeah they're also saying like it could be i can't remember was it like water filtration or like somehow I can't remember what the situation was because one thing that they they realized they're like, dude, the way that the relief cuts in the the they thought it was just for uh, ventilation, the air holes, you can say, for lack of better words, they also provide light to like all these chambers. So, like when you're inside of the Great Pyramid, it's lit, but it's all s- solid stone, and you're hundreds of feet underneath all of this rock. Somehow they figured out a way to let it light it, which is it's batshit a, insane. It, yeah, it's an engineering marvel. Like, it is so unbelievable how this actually happened. It's fucking crazy. So, just to keep it moving along, because we talk about Egypt all day long. Uh, so, talking about water erosion, I think is really interesting. Um, Yanaguni. So, uh, that is a... Uh, the Yanaguni uh, is a is a place in Japan. But the Yanaguni are, uh, relics or uh, ruins are a geological site off of the coast of Japan, off of an Okinawa, uh, that also demonstrate the same kind of erosion that's on the base of the Sphinx, which I think is interesting because this is 85 feet below the surface of the water. And they dated this thing back initially. They dated it back 10 to 20,000 years. Say, uh, if you look it up, it's like a temple-like kind of uh, structure that to me resembles like the Mayan temples and stuff that we'll see in uh, Mexico. Uh, so it's like, it's definitely not natural. The skeptics will try to say it's natural just because, oh, well, there's a possibility this just happened naturally and it's all just happenstantially happened to look like a set of stairs leading up to a thing that also looks like an altar. Like, give me a fucking break. Right. There's probably Somebody probably made this. So they, I think what I read in the, the Graham Hancock, so the, again, I personally think you got to be skeptical what Graham, Graham Hancock says things. Matter of fact, just don't like it's just like anybody that's not an accredited person. It's like it's fun to think about, like we we're talking about before. It's fun to be full bore into what Graham Hancock's saying. However, a lot of the shit that he says in reports has all has also been overturned. And he just turns a blind eye to it because that's because he's not a fucking academic. He's yeah, confirmation yeah, bias. He's a journalist. So he just wants well, yeah, there's confirmation bias also, but it's like he has, has he has no obligation to tell you when he's wrong. And that's a big problem with that, I think. So he's just a journalist. So he'll report like, oh, yeah, Yanaguni, 10 to 20,000 years old. And he'll say that. That's on record. You listen to him talk. If you take what he says as fact, then you go forward. Be like, yeah, yeah, Yanaguni is probably 18,000 years old because that's the only time that the water level would have been that low for them to build it. I was just reading just earlier today. It's like, oh, well, they updated their estimates. They think it's actually 2,500 years old. So it's only 2,500 years old. So it's a factor of four and a half or five younger than it then Graham Hancock saying if you didn't yeah. if you're gonna fact check fact check him then you'd be saying falsities so um yeah so I guess that's that that's uh, my point on Graham but 
Yanaguni doesn't take away the mystery of Yanaguni anyways, because it's like, who the fuck was that civilization? They're trying to say it was like part of like when the Chinese empire, when they controlled the Japanese island or something like that at some point. I don't really know, but I do think it is interesting. These ancient, these ancient structures, civilizations uh, that we can't really explain. And just like Gobekli Tepe is another thing that you'd hear Graham Hancock go speak to at nauseum yeah, about. A big one. Yeah. That one is fucking crazy. It's just some farmer in Southern Turkey just bumped into a rock and then just so happened it was part of this huge megalithic structure that has uh, like relief cut sculptures of extinct animals into the freaking walls of this, uh, what they presume to be altar. Or I guess not altar, but place of worship, I guess you'd say. We're, they're not really, not really sure which religion or system of gods they worship back then, but they think it was probably a place where people went to at least think, you know? Right. It was a quiet place. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy because they're definitively dating that back to like eight to 13,000 BC. And they're like, that, that what they're, they're trying to say that there wasn't civilization before, b- there wasn't advanced civilization before the Egyptians. Right. Yeah. It's kind Previous of like, this. yeah. Isn't it? Because if I remember, like, Gobekli Tepe is like the new, like, we think this is the first or like the oldest at least yeah there's moving the defi- fucking gold po- gold yeah post, they're like yeah. this is now the oldest discovered mm-hmm. like uh metropolis essentially exactly yeah so it's it's like the oldest known place where they have modern technology where they could have been able to create structures yeah um and the crazy thing is is that they think that they created it maybe about ten thousand years ago and then they buried it two thousand years ago so that means that they would have had this this it, at least beginning around ten thousand who or at least at least i shouldn't say that I, I can't remember how they dated it, but at least part of it was built 10,000 years ago. People like Graham Hancock will try to go venture and say it's way older than that. Who fucking knows? But that they had that for 2,000 years. So there's people, there's either like a uh, passing it down on the generation or if somebody conquered it, they maintained it, but then they purposefully buried it. So they knew it was important, which I think is so interesting. And they those people are gone before the Egyptians, the dynastic Egypt that we know of that, they wrote on the walls and they bragged about them being so fucking great in Egypt. That was only, that was only 6,000 years ago. That's crazy to me that these people would be already gone and dead for 2000 years and go back to the common era is only 2000 years for us, which is just like, well, it's, it's so weird. What like, like Christianity literally like Hmm. did for like our history. I don't know why I said history. So weird, but (laughs) like story, but like, uh, history capital was, H yeah, his. Like, <laughs> history was so fucked up by Christianity because like we have like literally like we refer to like the year zero as you know like or yeah. anything before then as a BC which is now it's before common era but yeah. literally it used to stand for before Christ it's ridiculous isn't it yeah it's super weird and then we're like wait, wait and then that just fucked with me because I'm like wait 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 so there were still people before yeah. this part but we just don't give a fuck about that part like wait yeah. hold on like the fuck are you talking about yeah exactly it's like the it's like that louis ck joke he's like uh he, he's like what were people like when it was like uh fifth, like 700 bc or they're like hey what year is it like negative 683 yeah like <laughs> we're always going backwards what are we counting down to <laughs> it's so yeah it's it's fucking strange it's that's why I, all this stuff is so fascinating because it's like we just decided like especially like all oh, the earth is 2000 years old and it's like are you what the uh, fuck you, is I think shit? they think it's six thousand years old. Oh, six thousand. Probably whatever. just because Egypt. They said Egypt was a thing. It's They're still fucking so stupid. bizarre because yeah. like we've literally like carbon dated shit to be like way <laughs> the fuck older. Well, that's how they didn't they discover like the Sphinx is actually like way older than they thought. 
because they carbon dated something uh huh. not necessarily the stone you can't carbon date stone no. so but they carbon dated the like uh some kind of mortar oh they carbon dated the, some of the mortar because like the mortar hmm. then was like a lot of the mud and stuff like that and yeah like, i know you can't necessarily carbon date it needs like, to be organic material yeah but like it, and mud usually has like you mm. know like dead yeah some shit in there yeah like some you know it's got like dead filaments of you know mm-hmm. leaves and foliage and possibly you know, probably poop or something yeah. yeah so like they were able to carbon date some of the mortar and the mortar was like way older than they thought and they were like I'm sure yeah and it just wasn't big news because nobody gives a fuck about that stuff because <laughs> it goes against the common thread of like yeah all this stuff but it's still fascinating i'm like wait 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 like why is this not huge news that the fucking mortar in between some of these rocks is like crazy old and this the problem the problem is because there's within uh within a uh, margin of error that the 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 w- that's my that's one of my big problems with with Graham Hancock is he speaks in superlatives like that. Well, he'll like be like, yeah, they think it's up to fifteen thousand years old, but then you look at the data and it's like there's a margin of error of six thousand years. Yeah, and you're like, All which right. would keep it to if it was the lowest, if it was the highest margin of error and it was completely way off, it would still put it about six thousand years. So it's not that crazy, and that's probably why it was not reported in the news because a pragmatist would be like, whoa, 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 there's a there's a margin of error there, and we have to look at the range, not the maximum. You know what I mean? But it's still it's way more fun to look at the max. Exactly, because it's like yeah. way more fun to think about. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. yeah, so that, I think that stuff's really cool. I have a whole itinerary here. So that, yeah, ancient Egypt stuff, ancient structures. I think we pretty much got over that. Yeah, got over that shit. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, yeah, Gublik Tepney, blah, blah blah. Graham Hancock talks about. Oh yeah, something. Be, okay, so last thing I want to talk about that. Uh, so something that Graham Hancock talked about that I think is a fun thought experiment. Um, so he talks about how he's noticed on a lot of ancient megaliths that there's like a depiction of some sort of like man with like a fish head or something like that, like wearing a mask or something, or maybe even like polyanthropomorphized into like a fish head with a guy's body or something like that. And, um, what he was trying to say in his book was that this was like a shaman. Uh, Oh, I got a text message. What the fuck? Oh, mind. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, this is like a shaman, and he had like a, a satchel, right? And apparently at the time, this is, again, this is taken with a grain of salt. Graham was trying to say, like, these guys carried their stash in the satchel, and they'd find, like, images of these, like, polyanthropomorphized people with a, with a distinctive satchel around their shoulder, like, all over the world. And, like, for whatever reason, I, I'd have to look into that deeper. This is just me remembering what he wrote in his book. I didn't actually fact-check this part. But I think it is fun to think about. I think it's funny, too, because... And he's trying to say, like, what if this guy was, like, the inspiration? What if he was, like, a traveler from Atlantis or something like that? Right. And he, like, showed up, and he's, like, he's like smokes him up. He's, like, dude, what if you build a fucking giant pyramid? He's <laughs> a dude high as fuck. Like, yeah, he's, like, do this shit. Yeah, he's, like, dude, hear me out. What if you just took, diverted the river and then filled up goat bladders and then hooked them up to those stones and then brought them up in the pyramid. Like, like it's just the biggest stoner. If you really think about it, it's kind of a stoner idea. It's like, why the fuck would you even build those in the first place? Yeah. Like the, the, the fact that we can't even like begin to suss out what the fuck they were for. Yeah. Like, cause unless it really genuinely is a monument to human, like arrogance and narcissism. Like, yeah, yeah we built these pyramids for one dead guy. Like, yeah. Did we really like? Right, is he that? On. Yeah, is that one guy that important where he declared that he's so important, and then you built him for like four hundred fucking years, and then yeah. dedicated? Like, come on, I don't know. <laughs> but I do think it's a fun idea to think like if there's some guy like traveling around spreading the word. It's like one that's like, pretty fantastical and yeah. like kind of fucking nuts. I mean, like we've built but... mausoleums and stuff like that before, but like 
the fact that like oh it was built for this one guy and it's like okay maybe they built a mausoleum yeah for a culture yeah and like there was important people buried there sure yeah but like how come there's only a couple important people that we found <laughs> yeah like that's what's really fucking weird yeah like king yeah well you got like king tut and then yeah because the big like the uncovery of king tut was really big because it was they, huge yeah because it was like a perfect mummy right yeah and like the sarcophagus was like ridiculous yeah ridiculously ornate and like had all the like we had like mummified cats and stuff i remember i'm pretty sure i might i mean again it might have been a replica but i think it was a i was museum what is it the uh it starts with the p the putnam the putnam mm. museum in iowa oh, i remember nice. as a kid i went and i'm pretty sure unless it was like a you know a you know like a you know a model or something like mm. that i'm pretty sure that the reason i even went because we went as a school was because i think the putnam had king tut what the fuck yeah they like got him on loan from i think that's how we like some museums work is like some stuff like that like legitimately before we started to realize like how breakable some of this shit was because i think i i would have it would have been like 1998 yeah or maybe okay maybe like 1999 like i was like five six seven years old i don't remember exactly when it was but i was like real fucking young so this still might have been part of the era where we're like yeah we just you know put these on loan to people because i think that some museums still have like certain exhibits that travel yeah of course so i think that it was either like a traveling like Oh, yeah, maybe because it was only discovered in, what, like, late 80s or some shit? Yeah, I like, know. I think it was... Not that long ago. Not, yeah, it was Maybe really, 70s? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, within, like, a time frame where, like, Iowa getting it <laughs> around the, like, late 1990s, early 2000s wouldn't be, like, outrageous. Yeah. But I don't remember much other than, like, seeing a sarcophagus. Oh, yeah. Like, Whoa, like, that's pretty fucking wild. It's fucking nuts. We went to a museum in Korea, and they had a bunch of mummies on display. It was pretty, really interesting shit. And they had, like, kind of, like, a egypt uh display there too shit's really interesting um but yeah uh the egypt egypt stuff's fucking nuts and then uh the just factoring in the possibility of super ancient civilizations it blows my fucking mind well that's what's like weird about you going back to fucking you know cryptid shit Mm -hmm. or like you know woo woo shit fucking atlantis yeah if we're thinking of i mean and like honestly your whole thing about how uh the sphinx seems like it would have been water eroded yeah almost in my opinion, kind of starts to lend credence to the possibility of Atlantis. Yeah. Because, like, it's... In it, I Because I feel like Atlantis was referenced in more than one culture, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it brought down by Socrates? Yeah, something... Like, it was, like... It was just something that they talked it. about. Yeah. It, it was, like, a thing that people talked about as if it, like, existed. It didn't seem like a fake, like, you know, imagined place. Yeah. Same way that, like, Soma. I don't know if you're familiar with Soma at all. That is like a wine company in Iowa. Or no, so, so uh, Soma <laughs> was um, because uh, if you, I think it was um, I think it was Food of the Gods by um, hmm. what's his fucking name, Terrence McKenna. Okay. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, because of the man. He was talking. Uh, Food of the Gods is a brilliant book for anyone that wants to get into like weird stuff. Yeah, but, crazy um, psychedelic shit. Yeah, but uh, basically, uh, Soma is referenced in a couple different areas. Most, I think, uh, Soma is mostly. Re- referenced in the bhagavad gita oh, okay yeah as is uh it's a elixir of some kind hmm. that's it's it's like based on its descriptions and like stuff like that like I don't, i'm not too familiar with it because again like I, I know a broad range of surface level information yeah <laughs> and uh soma is described as this like elixir that like brings knowledge and like wisdom and like peace and like you know serenity sounds like dimethyltryptamine to me yeah it sounds like a very <laughs> or like yeah some kind of like it was, and it's described as a drink or also some kind of food. Like it's described as like, yeah, yeah, it's described as like a food. Like it's not really like fully 
divulge like what exactly it is, it's, but like it's magic mushrooms. Yeah, but <laughs> like, real. it's exactly a what it sounds like. It, it sounds like some kind of psychedelic, and they're not really sure what it is. Yeah, because like some of the like some of the descriptions of it, like don't match like the descriptions of some other stuff. Because uh, they also specifically mention uh, Muscaria amanita. Hmm, yeah, which is like the red, the red classical, yeah. the one that was ba- the, the one that Mario bases mushrooms on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, like, don't ever eat muscaria amanita. Just as a shout out to any <laughs> listeners, muscaria amanita is a dissociative. Yeah, it is not a psychedelic, it, and so it can kill you. Like, you don't like you don't fuck with it. <laughs> yeah, like you can like in small doses, but for the most part, like muscaria amanita is either gonna make you feel really sick or. Put you in the hospital. Kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a dissociative. You don't want to fuck with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave it to the people who know what they're doing with it. Because there there are uh, don't I drink think, a shaman's piss either when they tell you that's gonna get you fucked up. Yeah, don't do <laughs> don't believe Amazon. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but because they specifically reference muscaria amanita, mm-hmm. uh, they think that soma was not. Isn't amanita muscaria? Isn't the other way around? Yeah, I yeah yeah. But either way, uh-huh. uh, but they because it was specifically mentioned they're like well it probably wasn't a mushroom mm-hmm. if they were you know why you know smart enough to be like but there's also this other substance so they don't really know what it was they think it might have been like if they were like looking at it as like some kind of mold but then there's also the mm. woo-woo aspect of like this might have been like you know some space drug <laughs> like some shit that the aliens brought down and they're like yo dude like yeah this fucking shit will fuck you up that'd be that dude that's a really fun thought to think like if there was a visitation, I wouldn't be surprised. If, if Let's just say if there was. I would not be surprised if it was in the ancient times when there was a huge boom of knowledge. Like, uh, I mean, look at the, um, was it like the Arab Enlightenment, I think is what it's called, when they like figured out math and like algebra and stuff. What if that was a gift from aliens where they're like, hey, dumb fucks. Like, hey. dude, here's a factor. Here, yeah, here, here's how to factor, asshole. Here's how to do complex equations. This will help you guys get to the Industrial Revolution in a couple hundred years. So we can come back and, you know, use you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. they might have just, pl- like, that's what's also crazy is, uh. Yeah, maybe they're farming us for technology. Well, like, spermiogenesis is such a weird thing. Yeah. It's like, it, like, no matter how it comes down to, even if you believe in evolution, uh, where the fuck did the base come from? from a comet exactly but yeah. like that comet was probably like a lot of comets are made from like other stuff so it's like mm. even if like it's so fucking wild to ever be like earth is the only place that sustains life like anybody oh, yeah, that believes that is like insane because they're like oh yeah. no like it's like no 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 like, we're you know, not alone yeah like the, yeah so when people are like well how, how we haven't been contacted yet i'm like have Fermi you paradox. seen how yeah. fucking like have you seen how far these planets are yeah and we haven't been able to reach them so they probably can't reach us either. Like, exactly. Just, like, just because there's life on another planet doesn't mean that they're, like, super smart. Like, they could just be more people. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it could just be another Earth. And we're like, hey, they, they could be looking at Earth the same way we're looking at that planet and being like, they can sustain life. That would be a weird fucking sci-fi movie. As if one of those planets that we think can sustain life is actually dying and they come huh. to Earth thinking the same shit. And then they look at Earth and they're like, well, this shit's... Fuck. Up too. Yeah, these guys are fucking killing the planet yeah. too. Yeah, the, the 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 limitation of light of light speed is really interesting in context of how huge the universe is. Because no matter what we're looking at, that's a few hundred light years. Like like last time we talked that um, habitable possibly habitable planet um, that's in the Goldilocks zone that's a hundred light years away. We're looking at it; it's a hundred years old. One hundred years ago in nineteen hundred, we didn't have anywhere near the technological capabilities we have yeah today. we didn't we didn't even fucking invented airplanes yet i don't think i think there was 100 years recently wasn't it 
Yeah, I think it's like airplanes were invented around like probably like the nineteen thirties, or something. I thought. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But Kitty Hawk was early in the sixteen. I think nineteen sixteen. I don't know. But anyway, it was not, yeah, it was about a hundred like years ago. Yeah, yeah, about that time. Yeah, it wasn't normal to have planes flying around. Exactly. Then. It wasn't not. There was no communication infrastructure like there is now. There was nothing. I don't even think like they had large, massive tel. Maybe they had big telescopes, but nothing like what we have now. Nothing like a scanning array or anything. So we look back at we look at something like that. Okay, so this goes back to what I was saying before. Just the amount of time that passes between these archaeological sites, these these ancient megaliths, is so much greater than we even have context for. Yep. Like human beings now, modern human being does not even can't even understand it historically, because we only have so much written history. What like what's the oldest written thing? I don't know, maybe three thousand years old or some shit. Yeah, like I think that? it is. Like I think the Bible is, or maybe is that even the oldest? Even it might not even be. Yeah, I don't think so. I bet it's not. But I don't know. Maybe it is. Who fuck if I know. Like, yeah. Fuck that. It's all made up. Anyways. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He's made up. <laughs> <laughs> but any, yeah. Anyways, I think the the sheer fact that things are that are close, the closest habitable planet, is so far away that it's that if we're seeing what we're seeing, if we got to see it up with a microscope, it'd still be it'd still be so separated from the current state of affairs that's going on on that planet that it could be that our current um, perspective on that planet in our frame of reference is moot because their technology is literally a hundred years ahead. And like you said, if they're looking at us the same way, what if we meet each other halfway at some point where we're like developing our technology? We're like, we're going to go to that planet. We're bailing off of Mars. Let's just say like in a thousand years, we're like Mars is, we fucked up Mars too. Let's move on. Yeah. Which we have, we have, we have to, Figure out how to terraform Mars. For Either sure, way, we're like that's the only way that we're gonna either that or, or turn everybody into like androids or cyborgs. <laughs> like that's really the only way that like quote unquote human life will continue. That's why like I not to you know completely derail, but like I still fully believe that uh, we will never run into organic alien life. It'll one hundred percent be AI. either AI or uh, consciousness, like transferred consciousness based entities. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think, well, I think there is a possibility with the, with the implication of quantum communication technology right. that you could potentially con- communicate instantaneously across the vast distances. That if we did communicate with with a, an organic life form, that it would be through an intermediary for sure. I don't think we're gonna get a face to face meeting. Like it just like we talked about before, it's just the logistics at hand are so outrageous that you know, unless there is an instantaneous way to to travel from one place to another, which that's also kind of nuts too. I don't know. That shit's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually wrote down. I actually wrote down. Uh, time travel, reverse time travel, requires a new timeline. Um, it's like that kind of that kind of um, kind of goes in line with that because you're talking about going through maybe like a wormhole to to traverse large distances at once. It's like, yeah, bend space time, and that's what uh, that's what a wormhole is to get from one place to another, which is like a romantic idea. However, I don't know. That sounds kind of crazy to me. Like, well, theoretically speaking, yeah, wormholes. Go have ahead. you read a uh, brief history of time? Uh, that's by Hawking. Yeah, yeah, I haven't read that. No. So the way that uh, he imagines black holes is due to the curvature of space time, because oh, yeah. I think that he kind of again, like I, you know, was a little bit wrong about the curvature of space time before, but he was mm. saying that like because of the curvature of space time, that like two points in uh, the universe will like kind of meet by like a linear point on a curve. So like oh, one point you're talking one. about geodesics. Yeah. Yeah. So he's saying that like, you know, like on a curve, you'd be able to find one point straight across to another point. Mm-hmm. And that's what a black hole is, is there's two points on a curve 
they're connected because of like a weird opening mm-hmm. and then that's how like it'd be like you know like what the whole uh kind of like a wrinkle in time thing where it's like yeah if you bend something you put it together and you snap it back like you kind of ignore a whole thing so uh-huh. that's how black holes work and that's where uh, singularities actually happen that cause yeah the, like that's what, that's what a black causes. hole is yeah it's yeah. a it's a pinch mm-hmm. in two openings of space-time basically yeah because like if so because what a black hole is is it a black hole is like it's the smashed part of like because that's what curves space-time is like if you look at space-time on, on a grid like all of a sudden like everything is curving toward that black hole the same way that like a bowling ball on one bed or yeah. on, is on a bed is like everything's going to go toward that bowling ball yep but he's saying that like before that point there's an opening and then hmm. it closes and that's what causes this so there's two points like a black hole isn't just like a point it's on a curve there's one point that's like sucking in this way and sucking it like it's sucking in every direction but at one point there was an opening that collapsed and that's what causes this immense pressure hmm i i might be totally butchering that but like yeah i was gonna say like, so, my, so my interpretation of black hole is a collapsed it's a collapsed neutron star or a collapsed a collapsed supermassive entity that well i mean maybe it's not a black hole but it's it's a, a singularity in a black hole might be a different event then so the singularity is the center of a black hole okay yeah so uh, yeah i'm not really sure what I, I wasn't really following too much what you were saying. Like so, saying so, openings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. So, uh, I, so basically like, uh, okay, the best way I can describe it is like, so like imagine just like a tunnel. Yeah. And then it, at an exact point in the tunnel, all of a sudden like it just completely collapses from all ends to the point where there's n- there's an impassable part. Uh-huh. Like you just, you can't get through it. Like it's every, every part of it is now like just completely closed. Okay. That is the singularity like event. So there's there was an opening there was like a tunnel of some kind that collapsed in the middle due to the pressure put on the middle mm-hmm. and that's what like the singularity is. So that might mm-hmm. that might be like one idea of like a black that that was the way that it explained in the book and he might be different like he might be wrong so there might oh, be like know. that's also the thing too is like there might be different black holes. Yeah, there's it's very possible that there's different kinds of black holes. Who fucking knows? Exactly. The thing that blows my mind about black holes is like with the singularity is that. Uh, as you approach the event horizon of a black hole, time slows down because time is influenced by mass. So as you go to a point of higher and higher mass, your time is distorted to the point where you could literally once be like pretty much when you get to the center of a black hole before you spaghettify or whatever, you know, uh, you can like see all of history go fly by you. Like it's fucking nuts. I actually wrote down this quote from uh, the astrophysicist John Wheeler. He says, uh, "Space time tells matter how to move, and matter tells space time how to how to curve." So like that's exactly describing like black hole and that event horizon situation I just described. Like the fact that mass affects time is so perplexing to me because. Did you know? Did you know that when like uh, satellites are flying through the sky and you have your GPS, they have to consider space time because of the relativistic effects of time versus gravity, or yeah, versus the effect of the mass has on space time. So like on Earth, we have clocks that are moving so fast, the clocks that are on the space station move slightly differently. Whoa! Yeah, is that fucked up? That's. I mean, it makes sense, but it is. It's something you never think about. Yeah, and that's just Earth. And then imagine that times a billion in a black hole. That's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, I think they said, uh, I might have it, I might get it one way backwards, but it's like, mm-hmm. I think they had, like, uh, 
astronaut who's a twin. One went to space. Yeah. One stayed on Earth, and then I think the one who went to space was younger than the one on Earth, or is it older? I can't remember. But it was one of the like yeah. they weren't quote unquote the same age anymore. Yeah, slightly, very much differently. Like their atomic clocks were like slightly yeah, which changed. Is, I mean, and I think it was like changed, and like not so much enough to be like really like oh you're one year older you're one year younger yeah. or whatever but it was like these these aren't technically like this like they're not the same anymore yeah well so uh i saw that headline and i read about the read that article and at first it made it seem like they were completely two completely different people are no longer identical twins yeah so i looked into it and it's like it's pretty much like the first thing that you said it was like their atomic clocks are slightly different because of the relative relativistic effects that they experienced right however it didn't change them fundamentally yeah like they're, yeah. they're not like they're not like a year they're like it's just it's it's the same yeah. way. it's like we've we've technically made particles time travel before hmm but it was like on such a small oh like at the large hadron collider yeah or i don't even necessarily sure it was that but i think that there was something that we did where we sent i think something either to the future or the past we sent like literally like an electron like something so tiny we sent it either huh. ahead or behind but it was like it's on such an indiscernible like worthless huh. level i've never that, heard like, of this yeah yeah no we we've technically have sent information to i think i think we sent it to the we might have done both, but I think the one that I remember to think we sent some, we sent information to the past. How does that work? How do you know it was sent? Because if you sent it to the past, that means that you're operating I think, on I think this we, thing existing, and then you move forward. You're like, we're gonna send this thing to where we just had it. I think this. I think it might have been the past in the sense of like something didn't exist before we sent it there, and then it existed in that past. Space. How would you know? Because if I mean it's science, so yeah. like I'm sure that there's probably like some sort of. I'd like to know. I'd like to read this. Yeah, no, I would. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly what it was, yeah. but I remember reading something about how we sent info. All it says is we sent information to the like to a different timeline. That's fucked. I would like to. I would like to read about this because that sounds. That sounds nuts to me because I feel like I would know about that, but I don't know everything, obviously. Yeah. See uh, if I, hold on. Uh, keep talking. I'll see if I can yeah. find something while you. So yeah. So with that, you're saying like we sent an electron past the future or whatever. I wonder. Wait, maybe maybe that was like an old interpretation of superpositions and uh, like the quantum properties of electrons possibly like uh if you look at the electron cloud model how we were we were taught we were taught that it, that electrons behave in orbitals and that they are indivisible part indivisible particles but the electron cloud model it's an area around the the nucleus of an atom the electron cloud is an area around there with a probability a probability region and that whole thing is the electron all the electrons are all there at the same time and not there at the same time as well so maybe saying like, oh, we sent this to the future or past, potentially it could just be like, we identified the superposition of this electron at this given time. I don't know. But I, I would like to, I'd like to hear what you're talking about there. Cause that see, sounds yeah. fucking insane. This, this seems a bit. Is it hocus pocus? This, this, what I'm looking at might be, I'm trying to find out what it is. Oh, I think it's tachyons or something like that. Huh. That rings a bell. I've heard of. So heard there's of, this uh, there's before. this thing called a tachyonic an anti telephone. It's a hypothetical device in theoretical physics that could be used to send signals into one's past. I think it might have been the future then. So you're saying that physicists physically sent something to a different timeline, and we Not, know it. Like I mean, it's hard to say like physically because it's like yeah. when it, like theoretically I could get behind that, but like yeah. physically actually doing it and be like we have. We, we, in the lab, we, in MIT, we sent a fucking pack of cards to myself when I was three years old. 
like there is like there is like a lot about it though is what's weird i am not like a lot but like this uh, this whole thing about tachyons seems to be like a big thing because i i've i googled past and future Uh i just said send information to future and send information to past Uh and tachyons came up both times okay so Hmm. they're they're saying that tachyons are a particle that move faster than light fucking i've never heard of this so let's see is light is the speed limit of the universe yeah, but they're saying the tachyons can move faster. Fucking so, yeah. I'll have to look into this. Let's see. A physicist explains how to send messages back in time. What Einstein thought was a flaw in quantum mechanics might be nature's telephone line. Time is both space and money, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. So you're talking about like the mystery of quantum entanglement and how you can... Yeah, move. quantum entanglement definitely was something that came up when I was scrolling through trying to find stuff here. Quantum entanglement is fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Like... Let's see. Just There's, the, they're talking about a quantum non-locality. If you make an yeah, why does it say and measurement? Quantum quantum not what? Well, uh, this one says if you make and measurement, which I'm not sure oh, if that's just geez. a typo or Maybe. I'm assuming it's a typo. If you make a measurement on one of the pieces, it affects the possibilities of measurement yep. of the other piece. Uh huh. I think that's. Yeah, because that's, that's uh, apparently uh, quantum non-locality. So maybe that's yeah. what they're talking about. It's like we observed something before and then that because we observed it it changed yeah i mean that that's a mystery of quantum mechanics it's like measuring something fundamentally changes it so there's like a there's something that a lot of people that like woohoo kind of people um talked about for a long time that just more recently is being better understood by the general public was like the double slit experiment right Uh, have you heard about that i've not so the double slit experiment um kind of it the double slit experiment establishes the behavior of subatomic particles. So I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. This is all fucking secondhand knowledge. I don't actually study this shit. So take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, but the double slit experiment establishes the behavior of subatomic particles, wherein uh, a photon, so a light. Well, now, well, now with the double slit experiment, it established that the light, a photon, is a particle. So light is both a wave and a particle at the same time. So what they did in, what they did in the double slit experiment is they shine, shone a light through like a slit, and they had a light sense, a photo, photosensitive piece of paper behind it, and they identified the pattern, the the pattern that it, the photons landed on the piece of, on the photo, photosensitive piece of paper, and they measured it and did it multiple times. They introduced another slit into this situation, and they identified an interference pattern behind the slits where it wouldn't be behaving in a straight line, which means that it had to curve in a waveform in order to hit that certain spot. And there's right. like an interference pattern there. So essentially a double slit experiment is showing that, uh, w- that elect that photons are both where they are and where they aren't at the same time until you measure them because the behavior of those behavior of the double slit experiment changed when they were recording when they were measuring it. So measuring, measuring something inherently changes it. So what people, it's fucking crazy and it's really complicated stuff that I don't, I don't know enough to talk uh, cohesively about it, but I guess coherently too. Um, But what I think is interesting, if you're dumb like me, it's fun to think about with a double slit experiment, the implication of does a tree in the forest make noise if it falls and you're no one's there to hear it. Well, does that tree even exist when no one's observing it? Does does consciousness create reality, or does reality separate? Quantum mechanics is is kind of shedding a light on how 
<laughs> like true that that uh what would that be like just that statement rings like pre- previously people like realists would be like of course it exists i mean it's there it, if i go to it it's there it's never going to change but then you introduce this idea of super states of electro of a literal thing an electron we use electricity all the time we use electrons all the time electrons are both where you identify them and not and the only thing that identifies them is measuring that area and so, if you measure it, it changes it. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's crazy. neither there or there at the same time. A really fun analogy for anybody that's not following along. Uh, if anybody's heard of Schrodinger's cat, this is the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. So <laughs> a super state is like if you have a cat in a box and you don't know if the cat's dead or alive. And <laughs> a realistic perspective on it is if somebody gives you a dead cat and you're like, this cat's definitely dead. <laughs> you give a cat in a box not making noise. You're like, I don't know if that's because this cat's dead or alive. Same kind of thing. And uh, that that's... That analogy is actually what I use for quantum bits, like qubits, in terms of how they're different from bits, because qubits are a quantum quantum uh, part of. Uh, yeah, qubit is the application of, of pretty much like com- computation through quantum mechanics. So qubit is a is a bit in a superstate. So that is both a dead and alive cat, but a bit is either a dead cat or an alive cat. So your computer is working by sending dead and alive cats back and forth, and then the combination of dead and alive cats creates the image that you see on your monitor. Qubits is both, always. You can't, it's fucking crazy. It is, it is a cat and it's not a cat. Yeah, well, it's dead and alive. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, well, it's also, like, it's really bizarre because it, like, it's really fun for me because, like, I don't, like, I don't understand a lot of the science, but I, I mm-hmm. love the, like, that's why I love theoretical physics because I'm like, oh, like, this is a lot of, like, word problems more so than math problems. Oh, yeah. Because well, there's like, math problems that describe well, yeah. the word problems, but it's easy to describe them with words. Yeah, because it's it's yeah. something that you can explain without having to be like, and here's the mathematical proof. You can just be like, here's how I can explain it in words. And it, oh yeah, it, that and like psychology and philosophy all have like a weird tie that like mm-hmm. is not really explored because uh-huh. like uh, it's kind of like with the does it, does it exist when it's not observed can also tie into like solipsism. Oh yeah, solipsism's is, fun. Yeah, and it's it's so weird because like if you really rationally think about it like philosophical like quandaries can tie into like theoretical physics because you're like how can i be very sure that like because we're in this room right now and i can Mm -hmm. i can observe everything in this room but i can't because that door is closed i have to assume that my apartment is still on the other side of that door yeah but because it's i can't see it i don't know and i can't know i it could very much just as easily not be there as it is there. And I mean, like, logically, yeah, my apartment's still fucking there. Yeah. The door's closed. I don't know if it is or not. And does it matter? Exactly. That's what's interesting. Like, uh, yeah, that the solipsism, if you get too far into Rene Descartes, you probably start thinking yeah. like a solipsist. Like, well, solipsism is also like, it can go, it, solipsism and like uh, nihilism are such like solid bedfellows yeah. that it's just, it's really like just depressing because it's, uh, it's, it's kind of how, uh, like, I'm assuming you watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, I love it. And, like, everybody's like, you know, I, I hate this, like, fake, deep people that, like, get into Rick and Morty. And then yeah. they're like, oh, blah, blah, And I'm like, no, like, A, you're not supposed to like, you're not supposed to like Rick. Like, <laughs> that's a big piece that a lot of people, like, when people are like, oh, I'm like Rick. And I'm like, you either A, don't understand Rick, or B, you're a giant piece of shit, I guess. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to want to be Rick. Like, you're not supposed to. Like, Rick is an inherently flawed character. Yeah, when they're like, I sympathize with Rick. I feel yeah. like I'm smarter than everyone else. Exactly. And it's like, no, like you're not supposed to fucking be that. You're just a dick. Yeah, so and because like 
Rick is an inherently flawed, like nihilistic, solipsistic type of person because he has this weird perspective hmm. of like. You think he's solipsistic? I think he's solipsistic in the sense because he, he's traveled the multiverse. He can hmm. only be very sure of his own existence because oh. there are so many different existences that he can only be positive that his existence is real. Okay. Because like with all the multiverse shit, it's like none of this could like none of this really is real because there's another world where that exact same thing didn't happen. Yeah. So like nihilistic stars and like. But isn't solipsism the idea that you are creating the reality around you through your eyes and every single thing that you interact with is created within your own, within your own head? More or less, it's like yeah. he's completely like completely creating things. I wonder. I I could see that. I mean, I I see the validity in that. I I personally view Rick as more of a narcissist. Oh yeah, no, he's a yeah narcissist for sure. But like the same with like nihil- like he's a narcissistic nihilist. But yeah, I'd like, say that. There's definitely. definitely like solipsistic parts of him, but like narcissistic mm-hmm. nihilism is like what Rick is supposed to be, and both of those things are well. Nihilism can be positive, but like narcissistic mm-hmm. nihilism is like self-destruction. Yeah, and it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, so like that's why I like there's because there's nothing matter because there's absurdism, which mm-hmm. I I personally am an absurdist. Like nothing matters, and it's hilarious that we try to like <laughs> make it. Like I I also hate the fact that like so many people confuse absurdism with like oh I'm absurdist I like weird stuff and I'm like no, no that's not absurdism you right. fucking moron <laughs> like like oh I like Hunter Thompson I'm an absurdist and I'm like no like you can shut your mouth like that's not absurdism yeah uh, that's a completely different thing but like because I'm an absurdist I definitely think that like the world there is no purpose there is no meaning to life so it's hilarious to try to find meaning to life because there is none but like I also like I'm very much on the team of like there is no meaning to life the meaning of life is to assign meaning. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like uh, I feel like nothing matters. But if you're not, if you're not, if you're along for the ride, might as well make it a fun. Exactly. One. And then yeah. there's narcissist, and that's where, like I I don't know why I went into this random rant, yeah. but like, I think it's just because like there is the like scientific side of mm-hmm. Rick and Morty, and the whole like narcissistic nihilism of Rick Sanchez is so ultimately destructive that I hate that he is now like this icon of like, <laughs> oh like I I'm a fucking Rick Sanchez. I'm a fucking Joker person. It's like no, you're these are not things you want to be. I feel like um. You know, we were talking about earlier how, God, fuck, I can't remember the exact conversation, but you made me think of it, how uh, it was something about how the people that are making a lot of noise are the ones that get recognized, um, but the people that are in the middle don't really get recognized. Do you know what I mean? the, The silent majority. Yeah. So I feel like, so I recently encountered this with my hometown where I was like, man, they're a bunch of fucking morons. But then I realized it's a pretty decent home, like town. And then I thought about it more and I was like, well, there's like, I guess the fact of the matter is that the people that are being fucking loud are either one, one or one side or the other. And there's a very loud group of people that are fucking stupid. Yes. And it's the same kind of thing. And it's like, oh yeah, the town's great. Whatever. Right. Uh, but the with Rick and Morty stuff, I feel like these people that are like proclaiming, one thing or the other like oh yeah i'm a rick i'm a joker i'm fucking and then there's people that are just quiet like i don't give a fuck like i'm not talking about that i think there's way more people that are just sitting back like this is fucking whatever man i'm just a consumer i'm not gonna go talk about it yes i'm not gonna put myself out there and then you have the people that put themselves out there that are fucking annoying and i think that's one of the big problems that these people that are given a microphone sometimes leaning more towards a lot of times these days are fucking annoying narcissistic douchebags that just want to like have some sort of message for some reason. Yeah. And I don't and, get that. And also it's like, it's the same message every time where it's like nothing matters. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, and that's, that's where I think the whole solipsism thing kind of ties into it. Cause it's like, 
there is that piece of him that's like nothing else exists but me. Yeah. Like, and that's why like solipsism and narcissism are so tied. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think solipsism is more like, I think solipsism is less depressing than narcissism, especially yeah. when it ties in with narcissism. Cause if you kill yourself, like, you kill the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's a whole weird thing. Also, I hate to fucking cut this short, but it is, that's good, man. Yes. Yeah, so I think we're about running up on the ends here. I wanted to talk about Buckminster Fuller and and yeah, and, can, and Jules Verne, but we could talk about it next time. Yeah, no, you're more than, like I said, we I like to make sure that we keep people coming back, and yeah, I definitely want to have you back again here soon. And I, also next time, I want to talk about deep fake technology and stuff and the implications of that. I think that's really Fuck interesting yeah. See, as well. Same, pro- we we gave ourselves about three hours, and we still didn't <laughs> fucking hit everything. I know so. we just ended up going on random tangents, but yeah, I, I earlier really, I kind of I kind of wanted to force that one conversation. That didn't really Hell work. Yeah. It's way more fun to no, just have a natural one. Yeah, no, and again, like. I never want to like try to derail shit, but sometimes no. they, like it just things just kind of go. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be I'd rather be natural and and move forward uh, naturally. Yeah. I was I or like earlier I talked about ge- I brought up geodesics. I kind of wanted to see that into the geodesic dome and back yeah. forward, but it just didn't work. So I'll just, just have to get fine. you back again because this has been yeah. a lot of fun. Fuck yeah, man! Definitely need you for part three. Uh, thank you for, very much for coming on. You have anything you want to plug? No, man. I'm just a guy that sometimes tells jokes and talks to Matt Lamb from time to time. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, make sure you go on over to punninggame.com where you can find such podcasts as Fun Pun Gaming, Not Worth the Time, my personal favorite, Who Gives a F, as well as returning classic things about stuff, and, of course, my other podcast, Monster Jamboree, and, as always, the one you're listening to right now, The Grove. And I think, uh, oh, man, there's one more that I'm totally forgetting. I'm sorry. Uh, Fucking, I know uh, there's another one that I'm forgetting, and I'm sorry, so... Wade, you can yell at me for that lately. Uh, later, uh, make sure you go in over to punninggame.com to check out their Teespring. Uh, there's a whole bunch of dope shit on there. Uh, there's pun and game gear. There's who gives a F gear. There's Grove gear. Make sure you get some, yourself some of that shit. Uh, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff. Also, make sure you check out the Transparent Comedy Tour, guys. Uh, me and five other comedians over the course of six days in six states put on six different com- comedy shows. And we put a documentary out on, out on YouTube right now. Just... Uh, YouTube Transparent Comedy Tour. I'm on there. There's uh, Mr. Way Taylor is on there from punninggame.com. So give that a watch. It's super entertaining. And I'd say that as somebody who's also on it, but also just as a consumer of both reality television and comedy, it's generally fun to watch. Make sure you guys go do that. Thank you all for listening. Y'all are the best. Goodbye. Thanks, guys.